Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Heroes of Noise. I am your host, Steve. I am the other 50% of the show. Greetings, everyone. My name is Dan. What is cracking? Gee, I think you're more than 50% of the show. Oh, I appreciate that. But, you know, it's 50-50 all the way down, man. I really do. In my opinion. Hey, uh, question. What's up? You're going to WonderCon, brother. I am. This is a random random subject. Who's going to... Okay, what panels are going to be there this year? You know, that's the thing is I have no clue, dude. You don't really know what's going to be on the panel until about maybe a week beforehand. And it won't say like it's going to be this TV show or, you know, it's going to be like Warner Brothers or Sony or something like that. It's like the guessing game. And I seriously don't think it's going to happen because Marvel tends to not show up there a lot. But it would be pretty awesome if they did a if they did a little Black Panther. Oh, you know what? It wouldn't be Black Panther, actually, because that's in February. It would be uh, Infinity Wars. That would be even better. And that would be legit. Um, does Marvel not dig WonderCon? What's the deal? Because Marvel's owned by Disney, they tend to show up at that D23 convention that oh, they have, which is a yeah, straight Disney convention. that's right, dude. I'm not even sure if they made it to Comic-Con last year. Kind of thinking that they didn't. So Disney might just be going like, oh, mine. Oh, but, but they can. Once they own everything, we are screwed. It's just going to be that D23 convention from now on. What's the difference between WonderCon and Comic-Con? I've always said that WonderCon is kind of like a small Comic-Con, but it's just, I mean, it's, I've never been to Comic-Con, so I can't tell you it's, it's, oh, it's I just didn't know as fun. That. No, I've been trying every year, but WonderCon's still very accessible and it's just, a, it's a good time. I'll probably film some of the stuff from the panels that we are allowed to film and put it up on the site that we don't have yet, but we'll have by that time, I'm sure. Dude, we, we need a site. Like, we have to get off our asses right now. We should just have like a slight business meeting <laughs> while we're doing the show. We need a site. We have to stop being lazy bastards. You have been talking about this for I don't know how long, G. Well, that's what I wanted to tell you, man, as I looked on the WonderCon site because I was trying to get a press pass. Yes. Strike one was that the show has to be on for 18 months. So I'm thinking, okay, well, cool. We've got the word. So we can use the word to do that. Boom. But but then it has to be any kind of publications need to be within six months. So I'm on that timeline right now of... of Losing that, I would have to do it like, you know, literally in the next week or so. But then the only other problem is, is that it asks for, I can't remember the wording of it, but it was like like an archive, a personal archive. In other words, click on Dan. Dan Ramirez is blah, 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 blah. And you know what I'm saying? Like a little bio. Maybe you could use your LinkedIn link. No, it actually said, it, it said there was no, what was it? Uh, I think it wasn't accepting of social media sites like Tumblr and things like that. I, I have to look into it. I, I wish I could call someone and get the information. I'm considering just doing it. And then seeing what happens. Just see what happens, dude. Because they might not be as... It, that might be a a like a normal application they just have. And they haven't gone through... You know, people have skipped over nits and bits and stuff like that. But it's just, a hey, this is a normal press application. Normal stuff. Because soon, dude, people are not going to have websites. That is just not going to be a thing. How do you figure? Guaranteed. How do you bro. figure? Because what's the point of a personal website when Twitter exists? There is no point. I kind of disagree. What if you're trying to do something like, say, you know, you want to have, you want to sell shirts, you want to have links to other things, you want to have your, um, like a Patreon site. 
Well, the Patreon site is a Patreon site. You just go to the Patreon site of you, such and such dot Patreon. Correct. I understand that. But what I'm saying is if you could have all of that in a one page where you can go, go to this link, go to this link, that just seems to me more feasible than going on Twitter and having to find all these various links and then go to different sites when you can kind of do a one-stop shop off of based off of a web page. That's just how I feel about it. But I'm saying as time goes on, less and less people will have websites. You could be right. Because they're just like, because I don't go to people's, I'd rather see what they're saying in real time. As would I. When's the last time you went to someone's personal website? I couldn't tell you. I, I don't. But I, I think the big thing is, like, here's what I know. If someone has 100,000 followers yeah. on Twitter, they're not going to get denied to WonderCon. It's not going to happen. We're about 100,000 short of that, homie. So we'll. True. But that, <laughs> we that's what I'm saying. Work like, to do. That's not going to be the barrier of entry. Steve, I look forward to like looking at these shows in a couple of years and seeing what we've done, where we're virtually going, hello, is anybody there? Echo. <laughs> like I said, you already know. I give. I, I say, what, now we're at four, 14 months is what I mean? Because I remember when I first started, I wanted to wait 18 months to see of our growth. So I'm at 14-month mark. You know, that's where people start, you know, worst case scenario, word of mouth, people hear it on Twitter, people, you know, you know, gets around, so... It's gonna. I say eighteen months now, sixteen months, and then I'll say, okay, now where where are we? Listen to how adorable we are. These little asp- dreams and aspirations that we have. We'll see what happens, man. His brother Dan. I wish y'all could hear Dan on a normal day about the podcast. I won't divulge this information, but I wish y'all could freaking hear Dan, man. He really he gives a lot for this podcast. And when I say a lot, I mean sweat equity and uh, passion and stress. He stresses about this podcast sometimes. <laughs> and if y'all could see it, y'all would understand how much this dude cares. Not that I don't, but he really cares. Basically, I'm psycho is really what it is. I'm type A, no. OCD, and psycho. Yeah. It's true. It's okay. I'll admit. I'll be the first to admit it. You're, he's serious about like this stuff. Number. I'm serious about it, too. He's the, he's the numbers guy, and he's big on numbers. So when we get numbers, he's going to be floating in heaven. It really does kind of give me a tickle, you guys. So, you know what? Maybe I should just throw that out real quick. Should I get the contact info out of the way? I know you didn't cue me, but Knock it out. what the hell. Get it up. Hi, Get everyone. Up. This is your buddy, Dan, from the Heroes of Noise, along with my buddy, Steve, and we've got some information for you. If you would like to contact the show, you can reach us at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. And then we got the Twitters that we go into every week. This one uh, that I'm going to give you right now is for the show, and it is at Heroes of Noise. Very simple. For myself, it's at Dan Q Public, and my buddy Steve is at SE underscore Hudson Music. We've got this voicemail that we're dying for you to use, so I might as well give that to you now, too. Area code 559-492-9831. Give us a call, say hi, and don't forget, folks, if you subscribe to the show, you should definitely subscribe... If, if we had our way, we'd ask you to subscribe on iTunes or, or Stitcher where you can leave reviews. Let me explain the review thing real quick. I'll break it down very quickly and then we'll move along. These reviews help us get noticed, guys. They get us on the radar of iTunes and Stitcher and they allow more people to see us. It makes it easier for when you search. We pop up quicker. You know, let's say we're down on the sixth the sixth tier. You're punching in heroes and you've got all these other hero shows, which I really don't know how many they are. The more that you, you know, 
give us reviews and, and we get our ratings up like that, we just start climbing that tier. And hopefully one of these days we'll end up in a new and noteworthy. Who knows? I don't think we'll be new anymore, but maybe we'll still be noteworthy. So we would really appreciate this, guys. Uh, Steve, anything to comment on that before we move along? You know, ladies and gentlemen, here's my thoughts on the situation. We love y'all so very much. And I know y'all love us. So just put it in word form. That's all we ask. Make Dan happy. Make his 2018. Give us some reviews. That's wow. all. I like that. I agree. Make my 2018 awesome. 2017 <laughs> is kind of shitty. A little bit shitty, but we're doing better. We're Woo! getting better as the end goes on. Uh, oh, I'm not getting. No, dude. I'm not getting. You already know me. Sir, I'm getting excited for the podcast of 2018. World, I don't know. Um, after seeing that polar bear picture on Twitter, I think we're all going to be um, extinguished fairly, fairly soon. That was the saddest thing I've seen in a, in a, in a, in a while. Have, did you see that picture, G? No, I didn't. Jesus, don't. Don't look for it. It's a starving polar bear because of global warming. Yeah, I'm not trying to see that. I feel bad for the big guy, but I don't want to see that. It sucks. He's just walking. He's barely dragging himself. He's skin and bones. I'm like, why... <laughs> Kumail Nanjiani had the funniest freaking tweet ever, dude. He said, hold on, I'm sorry. You know who Kumail Nanjiani is? Of course I do. Big Sick. Don't act like you know. I don't know him that well, actually, but I know the Big Sick. Great movie. This dude said, quote, I want to eternal sunshine that picture of my starving poor bear out of my brain. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's messed up about those pictures, man? Somebody took that picture. And they 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 actually have a talk about it. Um, these people were they said they were they were taking this video crying, and they said we didn't we this is what global warming looks like, and they were just crying behind the camera, sobbing because like this is what this looks like. Do you think those people threw in this some food? This is the picture. No, you can't. I mean, you can, but that means he's just one of how many. That's true. You don't really want to piss off a or get a, uh, you don't want to get a starving polar bear excited. He wouldn't have been able to chase anybody, G. Yeah, but if he got you, it was if over. he got you though. I don't know, man. I'm gonna play. I saw the revenant, bro. If you saw this picture, G, holy cow, dude! It looked like me in a bear suit crawling. <laughs> it was just hanging I'm on sorry. him. <laughs> I just want to see that now. <laughs> I gotta get to Photoshop and make that happen. Oh, I, yeah, to, oh, dude, dude. Okay, I'm gonna ask you, G. Were you not dying at all the Terrence Howard memes? All the main memes, yeah. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. Where did that stem from? It was really funny. I spent like a good 20 minutes just laughing going through those. G. Just because that's what he said. He said it in Hustle and Flow, of course. but he also said it in a uh, Dead Presidents. But someone was finally being like, like you'd always hear people say, oh, uh, like <laughs> when he was, um, what was he in Iron Man? He was. Uh, Are you talking about Rhodey? Yes. And, and he, they'd be like, I want to be Iron Man, man. <laughs> and they'd like make fun of it. And finally, people would just start doing memes about. <laughs> I saw one that was frozen. Do you want to build a snowman? Did you see the um uh one of them was like uh he did Bane and he was just like uh he said something about I want to hurt Batman Bane and it said quote by Bane like Bane with the what 
That is so good, dude. He had a BVS one. It's like, do you bleed, man? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys really want to have a laugh, if you know what this is referring to, please look those. It is. So, it's really funny. I don't know why they don't hash. They don't hashtag. Them I was though. wondering the same thing. You have to just be in a circle. You have to be in the certain circle to see these uh, these um, Twitter uh, memes. And if you're not in that circle, I don't know if it's getting out. Like, I I wonder if, like, since we just talked about them, do you think Kamel Nanjiani's circle has seen these memes? I think those things are out there pretty well now. Like, I, the way I found it was just uh, multiple hits on my timeline. And I was like, well, let me just, Is yeah. Right? So I just went to, to search and typed in Maine and there was like 300 and something that popped up. <laughs> oh my God. I never thought of doing that. I believe that. it's M-A-Y-N-E if you guys are interested in that. By this time, yes. it's going to be a few days from now, but you know. Oh, check it out anyway. It'll be is there. that Photoshop they're using, or is it some is it some uh, iPhone thing? I think it's a combination of both. You can tell the ones that are Photoshop and the ones that people just like literally just cut out his head, you know, maybe like cut and pasted it and just put it on over that. Some people put some serious work into these things. You're gonna have to show me how to do that. You got a Photoshop? I can show you. I'm sorry, like the thing on the like if I could do it on a like you said a cut and paste, how you just do a thing on your phone or whatever. Show me. I how. don't even know how to do that, man. I mess with Photoshop. Is it, would that be like a three-minute job? For my kid, yeah. It would be easy for you to figure out, I think. My kid uses that. There's a Photoshop so you, app that you can use. I don't know what it is, but you can use it and do things like that. So your son could be like, hey, if I if you wanted to make one of those memes, he could make that picture in T minus three seconds. You know what? I'll be honest with you, bro. I think any 14-year-old could probably figure it out. I just haven't messed with it at all. I just don't have time for the Photoshop app. But I use I use Photoshop a lot at home. Well, you know, there is something that you do have a little bit of time for, Dan. What's that? That's television. What have you been watching? Oh, your segues. You're adorable. <laughs> Keep calling you adorable. I don't know what it is, man. You're just a, you're just an adorable buddy of mine. I try, G. I'm trying to do this thing, man. Mine. I'm trying to do this, man. You speak up in this microphone real quick, man. Gee, that is so fu- I don't know why. Did, why didn't someone think of that before? Everyone knows he does that, and no one has done it until it's so funny, man. Mate, I'm not stop. But anyway, what you been watching, homie? You know what? Not a lot, but I have a lot to talk about about the ones I do have. I had to wrap up the Orville, of course. It was a season finale, and it ended great. I love the show so much. I know you haven't watched it yet, though, right? No, I'm going to, but I I don't want to. Um, I'll say this: the network on which I'm using Hulu, I don't want to overrun the network because I know there are other users trying to use the network. Fair enough. You're using someone else's account. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I need to put on my tinfoil hat and hide now. Big Brother will be watching you from this point on. But I, you know what's funny? I've heard nothing but good things about Or. I haven't heard, except from critics that I normally don't listen to anyway, I really haven't heard anything bad about them. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where I'm just ignoring critics. In you kind of have I mean, to, I guess, yeah. it, I guess in theory, we're sort of being critics if we like something or don't like something. But I'm talking about the ones... I'm ignoring the haters. If it's something that's just like this widespread, it, it just sucks. Everyone thinks it sucks. I'm going to watch it on my own. In fact, the next show that I'll be talking about, which I'm not quite ready to yet, has a lot of 
hatred on the IMDb site. You know what? I'm sorry. Let me get to that in just a second. So getting back to the Orville, it capped off very well. I'm very happy that there's actually a season two coming out right now. But you just don't understand how smart this show is, Steve. And I think that once you start watching it, you're really going to dig it. I'm not a Star Trek guy. I've told you that before. But it truly is one of my favorite shows out right now. It's addressing current issues in a way that, you know, they they mask it with science fiction, a Star Trek-like science fiction. But they're all real issues that are going on. Uh, There was one that was very Black Mirror-ish that had to do with acceptance in social society. You know, like uh, it was all about getting... It was all about, like, people would wear these badges and... You know, if you said something to me, Steve, that I didn't like, I would just reach over and touch you on the chest and hit the negative and you'd start getting negative points. But if you hit like 500,000 dislikes, you can't go into oh, stores. Oh, that is you right can't. out of Black Mirror, huh? For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like that one. I think that was the one with Bryce Howard, if yes, I'm not mistaken. Yes. There's just so many different ones. They had one that had to do with like uh, like transgender babies. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah, I mean, just a whole bunch like there's deep shit that's going on here, but they do it in a Seth MacFarlane style. And it's not to that Seth MacFarlane style like, uh, what is it, A Million Ways to Die in the West or even Family Guy. It's very smart. Uh, It's very well written. And I've watched every single one of them. I think there's like one episode that kind of bored me just a little tiny bit, but not enough to make me turn it off. And I'm, I'm putting it down, man. This is one of the finer shows that I've talked about on this podcast so far. So I'm hoping oh. that you get with it soon. I will try to get with it ASAP. As a matter of fact, I'll start watching it today. That a boy. I like be, that, man. Be, See? I, my friend Steve. I just don't know, man. I think, have you felt a little McFarlane backlash for some random reason? And I'm not sure why. Are people mcfarland out? I can tell you that when this show came out, I was kind of like, oh, man, another one. I don't know how, okay. what I'm going to like about it. Because I, I, you know, Ted was great. Ted too. Eh. You know, Million Ways to Die in the West. Eh. I like that movie. Any- I like that movie, dude. I'm one of the few. I'm like one of, I know people hated it. But I, I stopped that movie. I was like, I liked it. I thought it was really fun. I didn't dislike it. It just didn't really pop for me. It wasn't one that totally I'd go out and recommend. It. I mean, and but also this- for me, anything with Giovanni Ribisi, I'm going to watch. Yeah, Rabisi's great. He's great. And he's like got him under his wing. He's like how Adam Sandler has some of those other actors that he always has in all of his movies. Rabisi's kind of chilling with... Uh, I'm surprised he didn't show up on the Orville. Actually. That's what I was about to say. He didn't show up on the Orville. Oh, because he's making Sneaky Pete. Oh, just scheduling conflicts. Oh, probably. that's such a good show, too. But yeah, I, I really want to get... Because um, I like... I, I don't think Adrian Pal- Like, she got... She, that Wonder Woman show, that was jacked up what happened to her. And so, I, I mean, and I loved her in Friday Night Lights, one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, and so I really want to see what Adrian Pilecki does on this on this show. Adrian Pilecki's great on it, by the way. This last one had everything to do with her character. She's adorable. And they even have a lot of celebrities that come on this show that you wouldn't expect that are just dropping cameos. Like Charlize Theron was on. Oh, excuse me. Oh, that makes sense. I know it's Theron. I said Theron, but yeah, Charlize Theron. Uh, Ralph Garman was on recently. Rob Lowe's been on. I think once you get into it and just kind of figure out the groove of the Orville, I think you're really going to dig it. And I, you know what? I think I found out maybe, maybe, maybe this is what it is. People inherently don't like someone who's just good at a lot of things. He can Dude, sing. Yeah. He can act, he can write, he can draw, he can do voices. He could probably be a stand-up comedian if he wanted to. If he wanted to. He's smart. He Remember, he, he put his neck on the line for Neil deGrasse Tyson's show. He said, I'll fund it. Oh, you're talking about, uh, uh, I just blanked on the name. So did I. That's why I said Neil deGrasse Tyson's show. <laughs> what the hell's that show called, man? Uh, Cosmos. There he goes. I mean, he really wanted people to be smart. And he's very... 
I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's had problematic things in the past where he puts things like on Family Guy that would not serve. That today, you couldn't do it. However, so did The Simpsons. You know, that whole Apu situation is kind of starting to blow up now. You saw the show on True TV, right? I think it's called The Problem with Apu. And it's a whole show. Is it like a documentary type thing? Yes. It's a, um, oh, there it is. I, I was right. The Problem with Apu. It's talking about, there's, uh, they, they talked to um, Indian actors who had to live with being made fun of at school with, ha- with Apu. We're like, how did this affect you? Did everyone talk? He's like, yeah, everybody would walk up and talk to me like that. It's the the um, person that's hosting it is Hari Kondabalu. Have you heard of him? I have not. Yeah, he has a show. He has a podcast with, um, with um, dude, what is wrong with me today? Oh, I'm sorry I got you high before this, man. I apologize. Dude, I am so sorry because uh, Hari Khan, uh, he has a show with Brother Man. <laughs> Guys, I put Steve on the volcano uh, vaporizer, so he's incredibly high. So please bear Jeez, with him. It's his know. first time ever. But we'll get there. He's going to end up being funny. I know, it's, it's, it, but I, I think that this is, um, um, what is his name? Anyway, he has a show. For the record, with, Steve's not really high. Sorry, guys. Oh, what is his name? A black dude with a bunch of hair. He has a show on CNN. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. You know, do you really know? The black dude with the hair? Of course, man. I mean, you've... (laughs) You're killing me right now, G. Hey, uh, have you ever heard of that one white girl that says you guys a lot? No. That's the one I'm talking about right now. You're a cold-blooded cat, G. Oh, W. Kamal (laughs) Bell. Jesus. That's his name. Who is it? I I didn't hear it in your excitement. What was it? W. Kamal Bell. Okay. So uh, they have a podcast together um, talking about politics. But yeah, this... Apparently, Apu... I mean, it really was problematic in people's lives, dude. Like, people would just walk out, walk up and assume that that's what Indian people talked like. And so they have a whole sh- uh, a documentary about the pro. It's called The Problem with Apu. I do recall that when The Simpsons came out and Apu became like, a, you know, a pretty popular character, that there were a lot of people, pardon the accent I'm doing, but a lot of like, thank you, come again. You know, that kind of stuff. You would hear that a lot. I think that definitely contributed to it. Oh, no question. And that's why I say, you know, when people, you know, we talk about Seth MacFarlane's issues, we got to talk about The Simpsons. And that's I don't think that that's a thing that people really want to talk about. But I'm surprised that show has been on as long as it has and not really. It hasn't suffered any back. Exactly. But um, that being all that being said, I think that it might be a situation of people are just McFarlane out. Like, when's the last time you were like, I haven't heard much from. Um, Seth MacFarlane for a while. When has that happened? Probably right before this show. But I'm telling you, man, he's back with a vengeance. He has found his niche. Since I will be watching guy. it for sure. I'll watch it tonight and give you an update, brother. And watch at least two or three of them. So that way you can get the feel for it. You know, because the first one's always like, for instance, when everyone started talking about the pilot, a lot of people were saying that it's not going to last and it just seems kind of like it's not funny. It doesn't know what it wants to be. But the, the way that the humor is kind of woven in there and it's not the, in the forefront. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just real. It's like real people doing, you know, of course, you've got robots and uh, aliens and things like that. But it's just real life situations mm-hmm. with humor in the background a little bit. Well, Very subtle, but super funny. I, de- uh, I think I'm going to watch probably. You already know me. When I sit down to watch something, I'm going to watch it. 
So I'm probably going to watch uh, a good four or five episodes and, and check it out. And I will, I will definitely be texting you throughout. I think that most people are getting this show now and it took a little while to find their, their groove, but they're there now. And season two is, I expect to be even better. So can't wait. Done deal. The next thing that I want to talk about is another, I don't want to say controversial, but like I was saying, if you look on IMDb and you go to like user reviews and you start, you know, right from jump, just reading those, it's, you're going to see a bunch of ones and a bunch of twos and this sucks and all that. And it all has to do with the pilot. And I really think that most people that were doing that can't speak for all of them, of course, but I think that a lot of people that were doing that were just very partial to the original show. And what I'm talking about is young Sheldon. I used to watch Big Bang Theory all the time. Mm-hmm. Like with my kids, it was a show that we had on all the time. And it just, for whatever reason, it just sort of ran its course for me. And I just didn't find it interesting anymore. Not okay. it, Obviously, lots of people do. It's still on. But it wasn't my thing anymore. But I've always liked Sheldon Cooper and I've always liked Jim Parsons. Okay. So when this show came out, I had to at least check it out. You know, considering that we have a podcast where we have to talk about new shit all the time, it's worth checking out, you know. So I checked it and I really liked it instantaneously. But I kept it quiet because of all the negative reviews. But what I wanted to see is if time would actually prove that the show had legs. And I totally think it does, Steve. Did you like The Wonder Years? Was that something that I you watched? I the loved the, the Wonder Years. I loved it. So did I. And what I liked about it was that feeling of, you know, nostalgia. And I loved the narration on top of it. It's just a show that, it's like a feel-good show. Yes. It's like comfort food. You know what I mean? This show is that. I feel like it's a better Wonder Years. And I know that's a bold statement to make. I, I know, and someone's probably like, that's blasphemy, but I really like this. The kid that plays young Sheldon, and I have a hard time saying his name. It's like, it's spelled I-A-I-N. So I guess it's Ian, or maybe it's just Ian with a, with I'm a going freaking with A in jacket. Yeah. yeah, with another I in there or something. But it's a, uh, I'm going to, for this, I'm calling him Ian. Ian Armitage. This kid is great. You're going to just fall in love with this kid instantly. Way smart. He's like a genius, nine year old that goes into high school. You know, the show's obviously revolved around him. But honestly, the person that I like the most on the show is Zoe Perry. Zoe Perry plays Mary Cooper, his mom. She's just the glue in the family. Outside of Sheldon, of course, they give her most of the best lines. Um, But this show is completely revolved around family. Uh, It's set in Texas. It's got um, Annie Potts. Oh, yeah. Who plays his who mm-hmm. plays his Mima Annie Potts that was from Ghostbusters. Yes. She's great. She's hilarious on this show. The cast is rounded out by Montana Jordan, who plays Georgie, his brother, and Reagan Revford, who plays Missy, his twin sister. These kids are great as well. Uh, there's another kid named Tam on there that plays his only friend. Uh, his name is he's played by Ryan Fong, I believe it is. And then his dad is Lance Barber. He looks really familiar to me, and I'm trying to figure out where this guy came from. But Zoe Perry, getting back to her, she's been on Grey's Anatomy. She's been on uh, Private Practice, Law and Order. You've seen her before. Lance Barber, he's been on Blackish, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You have seen this guy before. If you were to look him up right now, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know who that guy is, Steve. Looking at him now, I have never seen him before. You call me a liar? Who's the, <laughs> who's the girl? You said her, her name is uh, Zoe. What's her name? Zoe Perry. Zoe Perry, I'm looking up. I'm probably she she sounds familiar. NCIS, she's been on the family. Oh, I know her dad, Jeff Perry. He's from uh um he's on Scandal. 
Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, there, I, I learned something. Was, I didn't know who that was his daughter. But I've never seen Zoe Perry before, though. I was actually looking on Twitter, just seeing what people were saying about that. And yeah, it's kind of unanimous that she's one of the favorites on the show. Okay. But this show is like the perfect family show. I sit down, I watch it with my wife and my daughter. And it's just something that we could all get into. But again, to me, it's like comfort food, man. It's that, it's that narration. Jim Parsons does the narration as the older Sheldon talking about his youth. And it just works. And I'm hoping that they renew this. I know I think they have like another four episodes left, maybe five. But so far, it just keeps getting better and better to me. And I watch a lot of TV, as you know, just as you do. This is one of those shows that I just keep coming back to. Like, I'm actually waiting to see this one. I'm glad they're not throwing it on a, on like Hulu where you just binge it all out real quick and forget about it until the next season. I'm enjoying the anticipation. That's like a good gauge for me if, what, if I like a show or not. If I'm really thinking about it throughout the week, you know? Like, there's there's no like brain teasers in this there's no mysteries to solve there's nothing like that that keeps you thinking about it throughout the week it's just just it's just the family dialogue that they have and the situations they get in it's nice it's cute i like it and i recommend that all of you watch it i think you'll very much like it i will definitely be checking it out and that is on what channel that is on uh, cbs actually cool done deal anything you rave about i want to give it a shot so i've kind of like you know talked about these briefly but the one that i really wanted to talk about was something that i actually just got finished watching before we started recording and it's on hulu as well it's called obey giant it's a documentary about a guy an artist a street artist named shepherd ferry had do you have any familiarity with shepherd ferry i do i know the obama post i mean that was the hope poster was the seminal obama poster it's basically about the career of shepherd ferry and he starts off as the street artist skater from the punk scene in South Carolina. Uh, he was actually featured, by the way, in Exit Through the Gift Shop, another great documentary that was directed by Banksy and also Terry Guetta, who shows up in this one as well. But yeah, he's the creator of the Obama Hope posters. Uh, the thing that got him on the map, though, was it was called the Andre the Giant Has a Posse sticker. It's weird, man. I remember these back in the 90s. I remember seeing these everywhere, posted in like San Francisco. A matter of fact, I have like two or three of them in my, in my I have like the sticker, the shoebox that's just full of stickers I've collected over the years from concerts and whatnot. But yeah, he somehow came through California as well and he put these everywhere. So I have some of them. It's really weird to find this on Hulu later. And oh shit, I have one of those. But it all simply started off. He was a skater. He worked in a skate shop. He grew up on punk rock and he was a very talented artist. So... All this just came about because somebody wanted to know how to make the stickers he was making. He says, I'll show you how to make a stencil. So he just goes to the newspaper and he pulls out this picture of Andre the Giant. It was almost like, well, that'll work. That kind of a thing. And he, he mocked it up and he made a he made like a sticker of it. And it just kind of blew up from there. They started putting them all over town and it started getting on people's attention. He was at a gig one time and he saw this. It was a party or something like that. And he saw a dude that had one on his hat with like paint chips around it. So he clearly had pulled it off of something. He's like, Hey man, where'd you get that? He's like, well, I don't even know what it means. I don't know if it's a band or something. I just looks, it just, I just thought it was dope looking. So I put it on my hat. And so he knew that something was happening. So this became like this big movement because no one really knew what the hell it was about. They're, they show him, you know, back in the day, putting up these posters on the walls and people are like, what's all that about? Oh, it's Andre the giant. People didn't know if it was a band. They didn't know if it was a cult. They had no idea. But it just kept growing and growing. And eventually he started like driving across, I think, like I say, he's from South Carolina. So I think the first time he went to Boston on this beat up car and he put stickers up the whole way to Boston. The next time it took him to New York. By the time that he got to New York, he was already getting so much attention that it started, you know, it was becoming a bigger thing and he was getting approached by different artists. To like work with them, put them in shows. Have you ever seen the Obey design, Steve? I have you know seen. What I'm talking the, about? I have seen that. Yes, 
I didn't, it wasn't as popular. I didn't see it as much as everyone else saw it, but I did see it. Yeah, not as much as the Obama sticker, though. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of shirts of it. You know, it's it's an old design, but it went from the original just picture stencil of Andre the Giant. Uh, his estate got involved. And they're like, hey, that's kind of copyright infringement. So you can't be making money off of this kind of thing. So what he did was he revised it and he he like cropped it and he just put a lot more shading into it to where it really was still a likeness of Andre the Giant, but it you couldn't get, he made it his own is what I'm getting at. And uh, that blew up. It was like the star design. And that's when you started seeing it on T-shirts. And just it's it just really became a huge thing. So that star design actually became, you know, the Obey design that everyone sees today that's still in stores. Um, what it was inspired from, do you remember the movie They Live? With Rowdy Roddy yes, Piper? Yes, I do. Of course. It seems like a movie that you would have totally watched. Oh, totally. Because with the sunglasses and you could see the skeletons. Exactly. Totally. Yes. So it, it so it became kind of like a Big Brother is watching you kind of thing. So kind of keep your eyes open. That was like the 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 mission, if you will, or the message behind that. You know, Big Brother's watching, and they they were just putting these things up everywhere. You know, the more popular a street artist gets is by what they do and how how like far out they'll go to make these things happen. How high they'll climb a building to make something happen. That kind of thing. You know, how much exposure you can get. So this just kept going and going and going, and it, you know, it it just shows his progression in his career and how, where this takes him. So this documentary goes from that and takes us to the Bush administration. And this is when he started this campaign called the new world order. He was doing a lot of more bombing, you know, in the neighborhoods and he got the attention of a couple of other artists by the name of Robbie canal and a guy named Mir. And they started this whole movement of collaborations where they were doing these anti Bush posters and they plastered these things like all over the LA area. And it really kept him on the map. He continued this campaign throughout the entire Bush administration. And then you know, but he started talking about what he didn't like about the Bush administration, and how he wanted to see change, you know, and it just so happens that this is around 2008 when this up and coming senator by the name of Barack Obama was starting to make a name for himself. And he like instantly fell in love with with Barack. He just I mean, like a lot of us did, you know, he, he got it. He actually reached out to the Obama campaign and told him like, hey, I'd like to make a poster for you guys for your campaign. They were like, that's great. Go for it. Do that. But keep it grassroots. We don't really want to be behind it because it shows that if it's not something that we're putting out it shows that the public is buying into this obama thing and it's it's going to spread and spread is what it did you know what i'm actually going to stop and hold off right there because i'm realizing i'm just giving you like the whole freaking documentary that's how much i liked it i just found it that interesting 90 minutes and it just had me the whole way through super interesting documentary i hope i didn't give too many spoilers but i found it very very interesting and i think this is going to be something that you really like steve so please check it out man for sure man and that's on what channel that's on what on that channel? is on Hulu. Hulu. That's on Hulu. It, yeah, it just came out probably like I think two months ago or okay. something like that. So check it out. And that, my friend, is pretty much all that I've really been into this week. Been a long work week. I see that. You're what about yourself? Um, so I watched a movie called The Belco Experiment. Ah, yes. The Belco Experiment. Much like Mayhem. Yes. And or similar to Mayhem. It, um... Look, I, I knew all the issues going in. I knew all this starring John Gallagher. And um, I like him. He's one of the main reasons that I actually uh, I, I watched this movie. Because I've all, I liked him ever since I used to see him in the newsroom. I was like, who is this young cat? And I thought that he was really, really good. But I knew, I wish they wouldn't have told me what the synopsis was. That would have been awesome. If I just didn't know what was going to happen. I see how 
it benefits from not knowing what on what in the world is going on because I was just waiting for the ball to drop. All these things were happening in the beginning and I was waiting for the ball to drop. So I really, if you don't know what the Belco experiment is, I don't even want to ruin it for you really. I would suggest you not knowing as much as possible, but watch the movie. It's a really fun, it wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a thriller necessarily, but I would call it a suspenseful, um, this is more of a suspense and you're going to have to susp uh, suspend your disbelief because some of the stuff you'll be like, I would never do that. Like you would never do this situation, but let's just right. say these people get an offer to work in a business in Colombia in a building. Mm -hmm. They hear an overhead voice tell them that they have to do something. Otherwise, he, the, this person is going to start killing people. And I will leave it at that. Watch the movie. And so begins craziness, huh? It's insanity. Now, uh, the movie stars Tony Goodwin, too. Anyone that knows Tony Goldwyn or uh, Tony Goldwyn, yeah, he's in Scandal. We just talked about it. My boy from <laughs> Walking Dead, Michael Rooker. He's in it. He's great. Uh, the, but the dude that I just love also is John C. McGinley. If you watch Scrubs, this guy is just, he's the dude. He always is the dude in his movies. He's too. always so good. It. So I don't want to, this is one of those that I'm just going to throw out a quick nibble. Just watch the movie. Try not to watch a trailer. Check it out. See where it goes. And, he, and it ends on a really fun note. It's not one of those where it's just, I, I'm not a mysterious ending person. I like an ending that's solid. It leaves just enough to your imagination where it's just like, oh, that was really cool. So Belko Experiment, you'll really like it. B-E-L-K-O starring John Gallagher, Tony Goldwyn, Michael Rooker, and uh, John C. McGinley. Check it out. 90 minutes, totally worth it. I recommend watching totally, that too, It's guys. totally fun. Um, another thing I ended up watching, which was fun, which was not in, this was not in my um arena of things I normally would watch is a show, a little show called Big Little Lies. So Big Little Lies follows the lives of five women in Monterey, California. Now, I haven't seen a show based in Monterey, California. And being that I went to boarding school in Monterey, a lot of these um, these sites, I'm like, oh, my God, I know where that is. So it stars Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, Shailene Woodley, Laura Dern, Zoe Kravitz, and Alexander Sarsgaard. Zoe Kravitz really does it. She's really a knockout in this movie. She does a really great job. Um, she kills it. Um, Nicole Kidman, I, I, I hadn't seen her for a while. And so it was really fun to see her. But... What this does is, in the beginning, it shows you what happens at the end. There is a, someone dies. We all know that now. Because you hear the, you know, you hear, see the police. You um, see them getting interviewed, different people in the town. But then it goes to the beginning and it shows where all these people meet. And it interspersed throughout the show. It shows different interviews with the cops. And you're wondering the whole show, who died? Like, what happened? As time goes forward, and so they'll show a dramatic situation where someone gets in an argument and you're like, ah, that's the person that dies for sure because she probably killed him. Nope, it takes a switcheroo. And you're like, okay, well then wait. Well then who, and the whole time you're wondering who died and the interaction between these women and how they're dealing with it. Like Shailene Woodley plays a person that 
She's not of the rich crowd. She just happened to come into this town wanting to give her son a better life. And she gets under the wing of Reese Witherspoon, who is kind of the person who is rich. She's a rich girl, too, but she understands how it is to be struggling. So she kind of pulls her up because everybody else is kind of looking at this new girl like, why are you even here? You don't even belong in this circle. But Reese is like, no, 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 no. I run things and her daughter is like Miss Popular in the school. So if it's not so much how pop, how good Reese Witherspoon is, everyone wants to go everywhere. If her daughter doesn't go to parties, no one goes to parties. So the moms kiss up to Reese Witherspoon because if your daughter doesn't come, no one else will come because your daughter's Miss Popular. It's a really fun jaunt. It's only seven episodes. It ends. Now they did say recently that they're going to go ahead and make a season two, which I don't know why. It was a really good, solid ending to this. I thought it was good, but when you have a you know acclaim, critical acclaim, you start being like, well, what can we do? Well, let's make a well, let's make another one. So how far can we take it? Exactly. I thought it really ended solidly. Um, if you start it, you're not going to stop. You're not going to want to leave. So does that mean that it's kind of like um, like they might be going down the way of like say Fargo, where it's like a, a series that gets wrapped up and then they're going to have a new story? I think it's going to be a story wrapped in these people, though. It's the same people. It's not going to be a different. It's going to be the same people. And they're going to try to um, figure out where uh, not to ruin it. Figure out maybe go into the past of one of the other characters, because you really did dissect a lot of these people's past, but not a a few of them kind of run a sideline until the end. So it's really good. Alexander Sarsgaard does a fantastic job playing a guy that in public you think is totally put together, but you would hate him personally. When you see what he does in his personal life, you're like, oh, he's a creeper. He's such a bad guy. But in public, because he's like normal. He may not be a great husband, but a great businessman, you know? So they really balance that really well. So if you get a chance, it's on HBO. It's called Big Little Lies. Um, seven episodes. You'll dig it. Check it out. I'm looking at the cast right now, and I'm surprised. Like Adam Scott, that's always a win. Oh, when you get Adam Scott my in. goodness. The thing is, the only reason I didn't mention his name is because I wanted people, when you see it, you're going to sit there and be watching, and all of a sudden, Reese Witherspoon's husband comes in, you're like, oh my God, it's Adam Scott. It was a shock. Sorry to ruin that. No, 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 don't worry about it, dude. It's just, it's always fun for me to be surprised by Adam Scott, and I might be the only one, but when I see him, it uplifts the show. I dig Adam Scott so much. I love, I love freaking Ghosted. I just, I like anything he's in, man. I really do. He's just great. He's not Adam Scott in this move in the show. He is a totally different person, and it's fun to see him branch out to something else. They actually have that Ian Armitage kid from uh, Young Sheldon's in it as well. He plays a uh, Ziggy Chapman. He's Ziggy. Yeah, he's Ziggy. Ziggy's a massive part of this movie, of this show. Is he so? Is this kid good in that as well? He's really good. I'm very curious about Young Sheldon because the kid that he plays in this is interesting. I'm telling you, this kid can act his ass off. He's great. So I'm looking now. I want to see it just for him. I also noticed Laura Dern's in it as well. She's so, so you good. got a pretty massive cast going on here. Laura Dern going to be in the uh, Last Jedi coming out next week. It's a beast of a cast. And it's like, wow, this is going to be... Well, again, when you start watching it, every... I mean, Laura Dern, man. I, and even Nicole Kidman. Reese Witherspoon is fantastic. and But she does. She is not called to do anything wild. Whereas Laura Dern and Nicole Kidman 
are made to be like, you're going to need super acting chops. They have to use their acting chops. Reese Witherspoon in this part isn't called to do anything over the top. But these two, oh, it's so good. And then seeing the different um, interviews with, you know, interspersed, like the cops interviews, like you'll see the two girls make up, two of the women will make up and they'll show an interview with the cops. And she's like, and we all thought that everything was fine. And then it'll go to a man during the interview. He's like, I knew nothing was fine. Women are incapable of forgiving each other. And it was like, <laughs> so you see the town people all giving different outlooks on this story as it's going. And you're still wondering like, well, who, who died? Who, what happened? The whole time. And at the end, you're like, oh my God, it is ill. I'm so into this kid, man, this Ian Armitage. I want to see what he can do in this show versus, you know, compared to what he's doing on Young Sheldon. He's, he's awesome. He plays Shailene Woodley's um, son. I assume the show doesn't, you know, revolve around him, but I, I, I just, I don't um, know. This kid's on my radar right now. It kind of does. Oh, okay, cool. Even better. It kind of does. It's the drama that happens when we're at school. What happens with the, imagine being a stay-at-home uh, mother having your circle of friends and vying for that power of the town. Monterey's a small town. Who holds the key? Who can make things happen? If I throw a party, who doesn't come and why didn't they? That whole dynamic. And so it's really good. All right, so what you got next, man? Hey, man. Uh, the last thing I watched was a, <laughs> a movie called Hired Guns. It's a documentary. Ooh, I saw this on Netflix, man. I have not watched it yet, but I'm. Uh, tell me about it, please. What Hired Guns is, when you hear songs on the radio, you know that someone has to play those songs. You're assuming that, oh no, it's the band. Not necessarily. If you need someone to kill a drum part or destroy a guitar part, you hire session musicians. So they can come in there, knock it out, destroy it, and then the band goes on often and plays them live. This is even more interesting now because my very good friend Mike, who may be on the show very soon talking about some Star Wars with us, uh, his brother Zach, he does that. He's a session musician. Oh, so he's well, there we for go. like the Black Crows and yes. I can't remember who else he told me. But yeah, so that's the kind of thing that they're talking about, like session yes, musicians? totally, nice. totally. Okay. And so they're going in and they, they sit there and, um, you know, it's pretty much a life talk about what session musician means. What does it mean to be a session musician? And um, many people, uh, including like Jan, uh, there's a Jason Hook, uh, uh, Kenny Aronoff, who's a drummer, Liberty DeVito, who's Billy Joel's drummer for, he was Billy Joel's drummer for over 30 years. And they talk about what does it mean to go in there and knock out the part? What does this mean? Like, is it, and does it mean that you just go in there and try to be the star? They're like, no, it's weird. Um, a very important segment talks about Steve Lukather or Lukather, whichever one you want to say. Uh, he's the guitarist for Toto. And he was saying how at one point he looked at the top 30 or the top 100. He said, I was playing on the top 30 of those of the, um, the tracks. I was playing. No one knew this, but I was playing. He said, I played all the parts on Beat It, including the bass. I played all the guitar parts, but you don't see it. Hold up. He did you just say beat it? That's him. He but he played the bass or the guitar? The bass and the guitar. Van Halen did the solo. He did all uh, the other parts. 
Okay, gotcha. That's him. And he's like, but you don't see my name. And he said the hard thing was when I look at a review, one of the reviews said, finally, Quincy Jones was able to make Toto play something that wasn't horrible. That was the review he got for Thriller. Damn. (laughs) He said, that's what you have to do. It is like, it's just so funny. We don't get any of the love, but we are often the ones that do it. One of the um, guitar players. It's cold-blooded, man. It's cold. One of the guitar players, he's just a monster session musician. People knew that if you played on this, he said, if whether you liked your group or not, if you played on a Steely Dan record, they knew you were a beast, right? Because whether you liked Steely Dan or not, their sessions were Super talented. Super talented people. And so a guy got a call and Steely Dan was like, we can't nail this guitar part. We need you to do a, um, it was on a song you probably know called Peg. He's like, we need a guitar solo for this song. And so they're like, okay, his name was great, uh, Jay Graydon. And if you look up Jay Graydon, he's been on everything, everything. And he's like, okay, um, tell you what, uh, do one shot through. He's like, one shot through? He's like, yeah. So he goes up there, he's like, think blues. And they're like, oh, he said, Jay Graydon was like, okay. So he does the part. And he said, all right, thank. Or they said, okay, thanks. He leaves. He's thinking in his head, okay, well, I hope I get it because he thinks there's going to be 18 people coming in after him anyway, doing their shot at this. He's like, one day I'm sitting there listening to the record and there I am. That's the life of a session musician. You just don't really know. And they said, you have to be great because all it takes is one session for you to mess up and everything changes. Another important thing was a guy got hired to go on tour with Mandy Moore. He said, I'm thinking, why Mandy Moore? I'm a rock guitarist. Do I even want to do this? This is silly. People are going to make fun of me. So he goes on tour with Mandy Moore, right? And it leads him into other tours. He says, oh, everything's cool. I'm a session musician or a touring musician now, right? You get this tour and you're doing these things. And so he buys a house. The next day he wakes up to an email saying, hey, we might be going in a different direction. So um, thank you guys so much for helping with the tour. Goodbye. The end. That's mm. the life of a touring. You're like, you just don't know when you're next. Thing is. Do they mention if they get any type of royalties? They or is don't it just say, like, a, like a flat fee kind of thing? It's a flat fee for session. You get royalties if you write the song. If you write part of it. If they include you as a, oh, I was a writer on this song. Which is why, because David Foster, the dude who did Bodyguard soundtrack, he produced, um, uh, I mean, I Will Always Love You. I mean, that's huge, right? Um, he produced... Um, uh, After the Love is Gone for Earth, Wind & Fire. That was his first huge hit. David Foster. I've never heard of that one. After the Just Love kidding. is Gone. Yo, got Just kidding. Oh, you have me worried. Um, <laughs> he was looking on the other side of the glass as a session musician. He said, I want to do that thing. That's who I want to. I want to be the producer. And so he transfers over to producer and the first three albums were a flop. He's like, so it doesn't matter, you know, if you're a good session musician you can't be a producer necessarily, but if you're a good producer, you can't be a good set. It, it doesn't go both ways. He's like, it's such a tenuous, but he's like, the thing about session musicians is once they kill it once for you, who are you going to call? You're going to call them every single freaking time. Rob Zombie, he has a great quote. He said, he said, there's three steps in getting a good session musician. <laughs> it's so good. He said, number one, who's a beast? He said, the beast part is easy he said look on youtube everyone's amazing right everyone's freaking amazing at at playing these these uh amazing chords right 
uh, step two was like, who can do the job? Who fits into the groove that you're trying to do? Who can actually be there, legit, be there, fits into the groove, you're trying to do your thing. Can you fit into the the um, the um, session, right? He right. said, that whittles it down to, I mean, there's still a lot of people that can do this. He said, number three, who could you actually hang out with for most of the day? Which is crazy important. Yes, because you're only on stage for how long? An hour and a half? But you're on the bus for 16 hours. He said that whittles it down to maybe three people in the whole industry that you can actually hang out with. Um, And like they said, I don't care if you're really good. If you're okay, but I love being around you, I'll hire you because I like being around you. And I could stomach being around you. And so it's just the talk about how a touring musician, how a session musician, you're never sure what your next job is going to be. And how do you make a living doing this? You're just a hired gun. We need this. You can do this. Now, one of the guys, he went from um, like man, like doing Mandy Moore, Hillary Duff stuff. Um, and then he went to Alice Cooper. And so he's with Alice oh, Cooper. Oh, wow. What he's a with, stretch. Yeah, tell me about it. He said, Alan Cooper said, you know, I was sitting there. I was in a, I took my, my daughter to a concert and listening to Hillary Duff, whatever. And all of a sudden I hear this dude blazing and he takes out a piece of paper and he's like, okay, who's this guy? And he hired him. And he said, people would probably make fun of Hillary Duff. He said, I didn't even make him audition. He's like, oh, Hillary Duff's guitar player. He's come to play. And Alan Cooper was like, wait till you hear him though. And he destroys, right? And so one day he gets a call from, um, I've never heard of this group. That's the only way I got to look it up. Um, Five Finger Death Punch. Oh yeah, I know okay. Five Finger Death Punch. So they're a nothing group. And they I, they said, hey man, we, we don't- I would agree with you. Sorry, but that's just me being a metal snob. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, um, so yeah, we need a, 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 a guitar player. Someone part of our group. And um, he's like, they said, we can't pay you what Alice Cooper pays you. You're pretty much going to be eating bologna sandwiches. He's like, done, I'll do it. He said, the reason I did it was because I knew I need to be part of something from the ground floor. I've been a sesame musician. I need to be something from the ground floor so I'm part of a group. No more of this. I can just be fired at any time. So he's like, sure, I'll, I'll go with the startup. And Alice Cooper told him, everyone universally says Alice Cooper's one of the best. They just say, he always wants you to do, oh, if Kiss wants to hire you for my tour, go. Live your dream. Go. Please. He's such a nice guy in this documentary. He's like, I want I my- I heard that about him too. He's just so cool. So he goes to Five Finger Death Punch and he just happens to be the one lock or key that unlocks their popularity. And they're now doing arena shows. He said, it just, I caught the wave. And next thing you know, we're skyrocketing. And I guess they're a big thing now. I don't really know much about them, but they're doing arenas. Yeah, they've got a big name. They've got a big name. So is he a full-time member? Of full-time member. He's now? one of the main oh, guys. Okay. Um, his name okay. is Jason Hook. You know it sounds name? familiar, but I, I I don't really follow Five Fingers, so. I like the name, though. I always like the name. Yeah, and, and, and so if you're interested at all in what it means to be a session musician, what it means to be a touring musician, there's a great... I'm not going to ruin anything about the Billy Joel part. Yeah, Bi- don't do that. <laughs> Billy Joel's touring musician, that fun thing of how they met up, how they did it, 
the story of playing with Billy Joel, it's very interesting. And it's not all it's cracked up to be, ladies and gentlemen. Being a touring musician, being the touring headliner is fantastic. It is absolutely amazing. And there is a devastating story about who a group called Filter touring with them. It is a devastating story for touring musicians. So I've seen uh, Filter before. Oh, dude, their musician pretty much rips them into, I mean, good Lord, man. But the filter, the, the filter lead singer says, I don't give a crap how they feel. I'm the star. I will pay you what I want. I'm the one. And I'm like, oh, that's why they hate you. <laughs> You're referring to uh, Richard Patrick it, it, as the singer. Is that his name? Yeah, his name's Richard Patrick. Oh, and he's dude. Filter's always kind of been like a one-man band thing, much like how um, Panic at the Disco is now. It's uh, kind of revolving around the singer. Yeah. And um, what's that song, so Hey he, Man, kind of Nice dick, Shot? Huh? That's his. Yes. Yes, that's what he was. Well, you know, I'm the one, you know. Hey, you can play or you cannot. You know, we get in the group. And then the, the people are like, it's the worst group to play for. They are. It's the worst group to play for. So it's really fun to hear the backstage stories of of people um, playing uh, uh, Pink's band talks about playing behind Pink and apparently how much fun she is to play for. Like, she pretty much says, I want you to bring you to these tours. Who are you? You play like you and follow me. I will let you be who you are on your instrument and we just come together and make this amazing show. Because we're, a I've family. actually heard that about her, man. I've heard she's really good to to all of her band, you know, her her band, her touring band, and all of the totally. people, dancers, and everything. Totally. I'm actually taking Gail to see her in March. I people love. And the dope thing is, like, while he's playing the guitar with her, right? She has his hand, her hand on his knee while she's singing, and I'm like, as a musician, I know what that is. That's when you're just connected. Like you're having so much fun on there. We're not in front of a crowd. We're in a room singing, having fun. And that was like, oh, that's really, it made me like Pink a little bit more. Ladies and gentlemen, just watch the documentary. Uh, I haven't given you really anything. It's an hour and a half. Uh, If you ever wondered how it is to be on an album, see that album go to number one and no one knows who the hell you are. Uh, I will give you one name, Ray Parker Jr. He was on a million albums. No one knew who he was until he happened eggs. And I'm not going to tell you what he wrote. Watch the watch the documentary, and he was like, "Mama," because he this guy used to come home and say, "Mama, I'm on this album," and his he said this was a quote that made him change everything. His mom would say, "Baby, I don't see you," and he'd look at the album Ooh. and be like, "Damn, you don't see me, do you?" Ouch! I'm on everything, but you don't see me. I'm playing guitar on all these albums, but. You don't see me. So he said, no, 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 no. I need to be seen. So he, uh, he, 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 uh, I'm not gonna tell you how he gets seen, but oh boy, does he get seen. Like seen, like it's uh, his, what he got seen for did way more than you or I thought, Dan, when they tell you numbers, it's pretty freaking crazy. You referring to Ray Parker Jr.? Yes. When you hear the numbers I'm stuck, of the, You know what I'm stuck on, right? That's like, that what you're thinking did numbers you do not know. Oh, I can only imagine. I can only so imagine. So please, everybody watch Hired Guns. It's really fun. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix. Enjoy. And now that you can get Netflix on your Apple TV, come on. Well, not Netflix. Come on Amazon. Now. Go, go watch. It's on Netflix, though. Netflix, enjoy it. 
And I would love to hear what you think from all you musicians out there, because I'm going to really start diving into these music documentaries and talk about them more because I could wax poetic on anything music. So check it out. You know, you had me uh, going to watch Big Little Lies, but I think I'm going to go ahead and bump that one to number two and check this one out tonight. You're going to love it. I really want to hear what you think about that certain section, the Billy Joel section, because it's a business. Like they said, it's what, 10% music, 90% business, man. That's it. You'll know You'll know when I'm watching it because I'll start blowing you up a text tonight. For sure, dude. For sure. But uh, that's it, man. Um, do we have any news for this week? You know, the news was a little dry. It drier than a dry. pile of dead leaves, man. But there's a few things. Do you have anything to talk about? I've got, a, I've got a couple. You know what? I have that are interesting after what we've talked about. We've been really interesting, if I do say so myself. I have like two things. It's <laughs> a biased answer, but you're right. You're totally interesting right. interesting of what we've been talking about. I have maybe two things. Okay. You want me to go first? Knock it out. All right, brother. Well, let's talk about some some topical stuff because I want to talk about Star Wars, Steve. Just a little bit, all right? Let's do it, baby. Have you heard of a movie called Star Wars, Steve? I am really, I'm about to be really versed in Star Wars fairly quickly here, Jay. I like it, man. You're cramming. That's awesome. And you know, I'm taking my time. I'm I'm proud of you, son. I like it. I like it a lot. Except for the new special effects. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, okay, you've got some opinions. I like that. We'll talk about that in a second. Yes. Uh, real quick, I'm going to talk about someone that's been in the news a lot lately, ever since Thor Ragnarok came out. But he's, of course, been around before that. And I am talking about Taiko Watiti, director oh, Taiko Watiti. Steve, it seems that the Disney camp, the Lucasfilm camp, is actually starting to flirt with him a little bit. They would like him to come over and do something in the Star Wars universe. I'm all for it. I think that he would have been perfect taking over Phil Lord and Chris Miller's when they got fired from Solo Project. Yes. I think that would have been perfect because Han Solo's funny, but he's also like an ass kicker too. But it's a moot point. It's not happening. This is coming from Entertainment IE Cinema News. In an interview with New Zealand outlet News Hub, Lucasfilm chief Kathleen Kennedy declared that she'd, quote, love for him to direct Star Wars movie, unquote. Kennedy doubled down saying that the director had exactly the right sensibility. It was very exciting to see him step into the Marvel Universe and do such an amazing job with Thor. That's pretty much rolling out the red carpet right there, sir. If Kennedy says that, she holds the key. She is the gatekeeper. It's over, dude. It's his no. It's his no to be said. I'm going to continue reading on here. It says, for his part, YTT addressed the possibility for directing a Star Wars movie on a couple of occasions, often with somewhat conflicting answers. Around the time of Phil Lord and Chris Miller's exit... YTT on Twitter no less made a joke about the situation when asked if he'd take on a Star Wars movie. That said, when pushed on topic in an interview with Uproxx, he seemed a bit more realistic about the situation. Quote, Look, I'm not an idiot. Who would actually say no to Star Wars? Of course I didn't send the idea very seriously. It's more that in light of all things that were happening over the last couple of months, it would make me a little nervous, said YTT. I think that that's a lot of pressure to take on a Star Wars movie, I would imagine. And, and especially since they let people go so quickly. Yes. They're like, do I really want to put my stake in the sand right here? Yeah, they're very selective. And if they don't like it, you're gone. You know, says this, however, was contradicted by an earlier statement he made in New York Times interview when he said that the Star Wars franchise seemed like there was not much room for someone like me. So mm. it doesn't. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's it's kind of up in the air. I think it's I think money talks. And I think that. You know, he's got that Disney connection now. So it's very possible that we could be seeing a Taika Waititi directed movie sometime soon. Awesome. What else you got? 
Another star-related thing here, and this is a big one. We've been talking about this guy a lot lately. I know you already know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to go ahead and break it down for the good folks here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a drill. Quentin Tarantino is gearing up to direct a Star Trek movie. What y'all think about that? An R-rated Star Trek movie also. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one. Man. Okay, here's the thing, Jay. Um... Okay, it's it's the thing of it's thing of beauty how it happened. I heard he just get a did a mock up and gave it to JJ Abrams, and JJ was so excited that he took it to the the upper the the heads. Yeah, he just pitched an idea to him. <laughs> yes, that's crazy. Now, it's going to be amazing. Let me just tell everyone right now. Let me tell you why it's going to be amazing because Quentin Tarantino is the one of the last few students of the craft. Meaning, if he does a genre. He knows that genre because he's a student. He knows, like speaking of musicians, let's just say someone is just, they're a true musician. Okay, we need you to do jazz. Okay, well, you can just do, yeah, because I'm a musician. I know that style. I know this style. I know that style. He is a student, whereas a lot of people are like, I do sci-fi. Okay, well, then you're a student of sci-fi. Quentin Tarantino is a student of film. If they told him to do a black and white uh a black and white silent film, I'm almost sure he could do it. Oh, he could definitely pull that off. He could pull it off because he's a student of film. So let's just get out that out the way. If you're like, it's going to suck, you're crazy. Because even Quentin's bad movies don't suck. His bad movies that you consider bad is a matter of taste. They don't suck. You know what I'm saying? So Agreed. it's going to be good. So let's throw that out. But number two... I don't like this idea only because I think there are up and coming movie directors that need a shot. Quentin doesn't need a shot. There's other people that need a freaking shot. You know, that's all. That's why I don't like it. I hear what you're saying. I'm still very curious to see it. I think that he would like, like you're saying, he's a fan of film. I could see him going more like the retro grainy look of like the original series or yes. something like that, yes. making it look like that, you know, let's see what happens, man. Why the hell not? It's definitely sparked my curiosity, to say the least. Yeah. And he's not actually going to be writing the movie. Are you aware of that? So it's not even going to really be included in his final 10, was it 10 movies that he was going to make? That's true. Cause he didn't write and, and he didn't technically, he didn't write Jackie Brown either. He's actually been meeting with writers, uh, Mark L. Smith, Drew Pierce, and Lindsey Beer, and they've been kicking around these ideas. So far, rumor has it that the frontrunner is going to be Smith, and he's the one that wrote The Revenant to do this project. Mm. So we'll see, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, Quentin doesn't like doing other people's source material. That's why he said he, it was hard for him to direct Jackie Brown. He doesn't like basing his stuff off someone else's source material, so I'm very curious as to why he took this up. Well, he's probably a huge Star Trek fan, I imagine. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going back to it. So it's, it says, uh, actually, I'm getting this guy's from Ain't It Cool. This is okay. where I found this particular one here because I wanted, I liked the way this was written, the, you know, the best out of the ones that I'd seen. But it says, will this affect Quentin's set 10 number of films he has in mind to make? It won't. Quentin Tarantino said that if he made a James Bond or a Star Trek, that would be out of his 10. So we may get 11. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, you know. Cool. And it is, and it is rumored to be rated R. And apparently everyone's on board with that freaking quentin game on man i mean i would have i mean i'm game perfectly game it's gonna be great don't get me wrong i just really wish they would start sourcing this out to 
um, younger up and coming directors or older up and coming directors that need a shot. But hey, what are you going to do? I feel you, brother. That makes perfect sense, too. What else? Doesn't take away my excitement. for No, not at all. Not at all, dude. What you got, Steve? All right. So Matt Reeves is recasting Ben Affleck for the upcoming film, The Batman. This is not a freaking surprise. No, I'm not surprised. You know, he really, I mean, I don't know if he, because remember, his, his, his being in Batman versus Superman was contingent on him directing Batman. And when he stopped wanting to direct Batman, I'm like, oh, he's not wanting to do this. Because remember, he was going to direct Batman. I want to know what's going on with that. Because it seemed like, you know, the way he, that he was portraying it, like at Comic-Con, for instance, was that this is what he was meant to do. It's like when you get with someone, you know, a new relationship and it's just all hardcore and you're you're freaking lovey-dovey on Facebook and everything. And then suddenly it just starts to fizzle away a little bit. You know what I mean? And Because you, you can always call bullshit on those people. All those people out there that are like, I love you, babe, on Facebook. You're all fake. You know it. But <laughs> I, and I think that, <laughs> sorry, I think that, um, that it showed, though, in all seriousness. I think that it showed that he just, his enthusiasm was waning for this. So it only makes sense that he's tapping out, you know. I felt it a lot in Justice League. I really did. I just didn't think that he put, I, th- I felt like he phoned it in, to be quite honest with you. Um, I mean, it sucks because I thought he was just coming into the, I thought he was kind of growing into the role. But um, he's going through, I mean, let's just be real. He's going through a few personal things and maybe he just is like, you know what? I need to chill back. And as soon as people start talking about Jake Gyllenhaal, it's like, oh, here it comes. I think that's What do you think of guy. that? Um, I think that it's, Jake can do anything, <laughs> you know, he's a good actor. So he, I mean, he could do it just fine. Um, I'm wondering why they don't choose an unknown like they did Henry Cavill, even though Cavill had been in a few movies before Superman. I think we know him as Superman. You should get someone that you know as Batman. It would be kind of great to see somebody that could really knock it out of the park, but you're not used to seeing. Yeah, you, you can't associate him as somebody else. Yeah, you know? you're like, who is that guy? I don't know. All we know now is that he's Batman. That's what we now know. And so when you see him, you know, oh, snap, to the point that you don't even have to say the Batman symbol. If you have a trailer, imagine if there's someone you only know as Batman and there's a trailer at, before a movie or at Comic-Con and it just comes and it just shows him. You're going to go crazy without seeing Batman because you're like, that's Batman. You don't need to see the Batman symbol. You know that guy plays Batman. You're not going to get that. If you show Jake Gyllenhaal, they're going to be like, okay, we're excited, but this could either be this, that, this, that, or this. That's when the controversy starts. All the debating. And yes. Everything. You want someone to Although be Although like, it'll probably oh. be there anyway. Well, I, I'm very excited. I, I think that I'm very excited to what, what uh, Ben Affleck does next. I mean, everything he's done so far, I've dug. I mean, I even like Jersey Girl. You were the one, huh? Yeah, exactly. But Kevin Smith, what are you going to do? Hey, real quick. Go for it. Based on aesthetics alone, just the appearance. And I know you were saying you would rather see someone that's an unknown, you know, take the role. But I was just thinking about this for some reason when you were talking. What would you, would you be opposed to John Hamm playing Bruce Wayne? He has the voice. He's got the look. He's got the chin, the jaw rather. I think he could do it. Did you see Baby Driver? I haven't seen Baby Driver yet. I thought he was great in Baby Driver. I Maybe like John Hamill. Maybe he could. Maybe he could. I'm thinking, I mean, I'm going to throw could. his name out there well, just to get it floating around in the ethos there and see what happens. But uh, John Hamm as Batman. What y'all think about that? 
What about Keanu Reeves? No. Why, absolutely why not? not? He can fight legit. I'm not saying he can't. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I mean, someone right now saying no to John Hamm. So that's just my opinion. And I like John Wick. I but just, I don't, I can't. I know who it is. I can't see him as, as Batman. Though. I know who Especially, I can't see him as Bruce Wayne. More oh, specifically, I can't see him no, as Bruce true. Wayne. The, yeah. the, who you got? The name I'm about to drop, Jay. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Army Hammer. He's not bad. He's Batman. Maybe that's just a rumor, but I thought he was being considered for the role of the Green Lantern. No, no, no. He needs to be Batman. He has the voice in a suit. He looks like Bruce Wayne. It would be perfect. He's a big fella. Problem I can is, see him as Hal Jordan. The problem is he's doing, um, which is great. I love that they're doing a second uh, Man from Uncle, but they're doing a sequel. And so I'm wondering if that's going to him in a, it's going to be weird to see him and Superman if he's Batman and Superman in the Batman movies. They'll be like, wait, he's also Batman and Super. They're Batman and Superman are in Man from Uncle too. So I'm confused. Yes, I and I love Man from Uncle. So I'm glad he's doing that sequel. But I think Army Hammer would be a great Bruce Wayne Batman. I can't imagine that the scheduling for actors would could get any better. Dude. That would be the one. That there was, would be no scheduling conflicts with the, with Superman and Batman. And they already have a great chemistry cuz they were great together. That's pretty good. That's that's really not bad at all. I just would. I was kind of hoping that we see him in, as Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. I, I hope that happens, but I'm not opposed to seeing him as Batman. But still, if I had to, you know, go with like a bigger named actor, just off the top of my head, I think uh, John Hamm would actually be great. That would be f. That would be fine, dude. You well, who, darker. Who would you feel, John Hamm or um, Army Hammer more? I would say John Hamm. That's interesting. I'm going Army Hammer. We shall see. I got one for you. A little Batman uh, relation. Hit me with it. What about Jeffrey Dean Morgan as an older Batman? Oh, I don't know, man. He's being, he's one of those that are, unfortunately for him, he is the guy from Walking Dead now. You know something? I was going to say. It has to kind of to do with 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 the whole Negan thing. He is, Negan. but even as the comedian in Watchmen, he's got that like, I know something you don't sneer yes. all the time. Yes, and I don't, and that's not Bruce Wayne. No, so yeah, I I, I withdraw that submission. I don't know people, but I don't I'm know still if you fully could, with John Hamm. I don't know if you could lean back that far in the Batman costume. <laughs> he must be double jointed or something, dude. He is so good as Negan. Anyway, he is so good. I wouldn't be able to answer any of that because I have not watched You're one episode me, of, of uh, Walking me. Dead this season. You're killing me, dude. As that was killing me. I just couldn't do it. I was just bored out of my freaking mind. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch old people screw than that watch so that, funny. to be honest with you. That is so funny. <laughs> so this one, says a lot about me too, right? Now, my issue with this next story is I know you want to go more lighthearted, but I couldn't avoid it. What's that? We all love J.K. Rowling, right? I am a huge Harry Potter fan, so okay. yes. You don't like Fantastic Beasts? It's okay. It's not my favorite. I would I would take a Harry Potter movie over that every time. Well, we know um, that she picked Johnny Depp to be in the new Fantastic Beasts, right? And uh, people kind of got mad because he has a history of being allegedly, he was, uh, there was an allegation that he beat Amber Heard. Um, people made a fuss at... J.K. Rowling, because she is what we consider 
one of the allies on the right side of history. She's always tweeting things that are good and supportive and all that stuff. And so people were fairly shocked that when the picture came out that Johnny Depp was there, right? Right. She pretty much doubled down on it. You know, uh, quote, she says, the huge mutually supportive community that has grown up around Harry Potter is one of the greatest joys of my life. For me personally, the inability to speak openly to fans about this issue has been difficult, frustrating, and at pa- times painful. However, the agreements that have been put in place to protect privacy of two people, both of whom have expressed a desire to get on with their lives, must be respected. Based on our understanding of the circumstances, the filmmakers and I are not only comfortable sticking with our original casting, but genuinely happy to have Johnny Depp playing a major character in the role. I accept that there will be those who are not satisfied with our choice of actor in this role. However, conscious isn't governable by committee. Within the fictional world and outside it, we all have to do what we believe is the right thing. I don't know if this is good for her, G. Unquote, by the way. I don't know if this is good, a good look for her. <laughs> I wish that was part of the quote. That would be great. Gee. So let me tell you what I feel about Johnny Depp. All right. I think that he is overused right now. I think there's just just too much Johnny Depp for me. I am not down with the Pirates of the Caribbean at all. And when I saw him pop up in the other movie, in the uh, Fantastic Beasts, I was like, oh, really? Okay. All right. Great. But at the same time, he is a good actor. And he can pull off some pretty awesome roles sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I understand I'm, I'm, I'm staying in the... the um, the movie making yes. part of it as opposed to the personal mm-hmm. part of it. I honestly could take him or leave him in this role. I don't think that, you know, there's, I have no allegiance to this history that's going on here as Grindelwald. I don't, I don't really have any allegiance to that. I know I've read a little bit about it in the Harry Potter books, but it's not, it's all new. You know what I mean? They're building this as we go. So I, I don't really have any allegiance to him. Um, but at the same time, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Okay. Cause I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here and be recorded while doing so. I understand his the accusations with um, what was her name again? Amber Heard. Yes, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Now he was also like an alcoholic too, right? And a Affirmative. Lot of this, so, so let me ask you a question. Yes, it's bad when someone does something like that. But do you know if he's getting any kind of help for that? I have no idea. I See, don't know. I would be willing to kind of be forgiving with Johnny Depp if that was the case. If in fact you know he he did these things while intoxicated under you know being, being an alcoholic, and then he goes to get treatment to better himself like that. But I know that they're not together anymore. So does she just want the Johnny Depp name to bring more money to this? That's what I don't under. It's it's kind of a touchy situation. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I don't really. I have no, like I said, I, I could really give a shit if he was in this movie, but he is a good actor and he does have some shining moments in his career. I mean, let's, let's face it. It's true. Yes. I, I think it's, it's a hard thing because if I were to beat my wife, if I were married and I beat her up and I said, oh, but I'm an alcoholic and I got fired from my job, they're not going to be like, oh, you're an alcoholic. Never mind. As long as you get help, you can come back. It's just not going to happen. Mm. Especially at my job. <laughs> they're going to be like, no, we don't need that here. We can't even have that here. Yeah, if it's a high-profile story or something like that, that's one thing. But again, you're this not, is huge. You're not exactly. Johnny Depp, my brother. You know, that's what <laughs> so. I'm saying. That, that I think that they're, I think we're on a, in a situation where um, the executives haven't caught up to America or to to the world. They haven't caught up to the world where um, they're like, oh no, he's still a huge thing. No, he's not. He's not as big as you think he is anymore. But they haven't caught up to it. They are out of touch. Whereas if you would have put, who's the new up and comer? Not necessarily new. How about like Chris Pine or somebody like that? Let's say Chris or Ryan Gosling. 
if you if you throw one of those two up on a porch, even Henry Cavill, let's say, anybody you throw Army Hammer, they're going to be way more excited because they're like, oh, I like that guy. You know what I'm saying? You put him up or you put John Boyega on the front of Fantastic Beasts. What happens? Things change all of a sudden for that. For that movie, everything changes, right? Because he's the new up-and-comer. But right. I, I think that they're thinking that these people have more of a pool. And what would you say? Right now, who has more of a pool? Johnny Depp or or um, John Boyega? What do you mean by a pool? Because the way I'm looking at it is you have this huge portfolio of work. Totally. This huge body of work that totally. Johnny Depp has done. And, you know, and Boyega is coming up right now. Yes. But you can't discredit this body of work either. You know True. what I mean? I mean, it's not, put it this way. I think that if you were just to throw the name out to random households and be like, John Boyega or Johnny Depp, who do you think is going to pop in their mind first? Depends on who you're asking. Good point. The but people I'm, who pay for movies, think, I'm going Boyega. I would tend to think that Johnny Depp would be more of a household name. You know, I don't know. I don't, at this point in time. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. You know, I think he's got Edward Scissorhands, even though it sucked Willy but Wonka, that's our Pirates, age. all that. That's our age. Fantastic Not Beasts is directed. Man. Oh, Fantastic Beasts is directed to our different age demographic. And though that age demographic knows Boyega. I think that you're a little incorrect in that because I think that Harry Potter is bigger than just a. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that you're kind of looking at this as a child movie, a children's movie. And maybe it is to some as- in some aspect, but dude, so many adults are in totally. Harry they have a fucking world at Universal Studios for that. Totally. Are, you know, that it's a huge, huge thing, is what I'm getting at. I know you didn't watch the movies, but it's huge. But it's Fantastic um, Beast as huge. It's trying to be, but that's I don't what think it'll exactly. Ever get there. That's it's just I, it's just an extension of something that's huge. Exactly, and so that, the, the fact that it's not as huge means they're trying to get more people to watch it, and they think getting more people to watch it is putting this person. Oh, yeah, poster. I agree with you. 100%. I agree with That's you. That's what I'm saying. And I think if you put someone else on that poster, unbeknownst to them, more people would watch it. They think they're putting one of the biggest names in movies. He might be, but he is no longer in the top 20. He's definitely having a descent, but I think he's still up there. And it's not like my opinion of Johnny Depp. But he's, like I said, again, you throw that name out, everyone knows who Johnny Depp is. No question. Boyega's still climbing. Not that we're really comparing. Like, he even has anything to yeah. do with this. I know you were no, using No, no, no. I would just use... But, but name recognition, like, if I ask people who Charles Manson is, they'll know, but does that mean that they're going to go see a movie about him? No. We're going to find out. We are very soon going to find Oh, dear Lord, don't get me all. So, yes, that, yeah. is, that, is the end of, that is the end of my important news, Jay. What about you? Let's see. Do I have anything else? Oh, yeah. One more for you here. We were talking about it last week and, you know, the whole controversy behind Bohemian Rhapsody and oh, Brian Singer. Oh, yeah. So Brian Singer has officially been removed from hmm. this project. Hmm. And they have brought in someone else. Do you know who that person is? I do not. That person. I'm glad you asked. That person would be Dexter Fletcher. Have you ever heard of Dexter Fletcher? He was uh, his most recent movie that he directed was Eddie the Eagle. Which I saw. I love that movie. I did too. That was a very, very good movie <laughs> with yeah. uh, Hugh Jackman. Yep, Eddie the Eagle Man. I love that movie. I thought it was great. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, it's a biopic about a British ski jumper. It was a uh, kind of an unusual kid, but he had all the heart in the world, and he he took the 1988 Winter Olympics. So check it out. I shouldn't say he took it, but he like was like the big talk of the 1988 yes. Winter Olympics. Yes. So that's that's a better way of putting it here. So yeah, um, Brian Singer, you know, several reasons why he was axed from this movie. He wasn't showing up. 
there was rumor that he was having, you know, on set clashes with Rami Malek and throwing things. And so he, they just got rid of it. They just moved him away and they brought in Mr. Dexter Fletcher. Mm-hmm. I don't really know that much outside of uh, Eddie the Eagle about his work, but that's a great movie. They're two different types of movies, but I'm not necessarily opposed to this either. You know? Well, I heard there was only um, what they say, two weeks left of shooting. Not a lot of shooting left. Yeah, so that's not bad. It's still slated for a Christmas Day release next year. I'm very interested to see how this movie turns out. They must have a lot more work behind it than they do like to oh, get ahead, yes. to get over. You know, if so. I if I knew that I only had one one to two weeks left of shooting, we're finishing this movie. For sure, we're finishing. So he's busting a Joss Whedon. For sure, absolutely. So I'm excited. Maybe I should have talked about this on the the last segment, but. It's still news. So there's an animated Spider-Man movie that's going to be coming out. And they just released the first trailer from it from Sony Pictures. And have you heard anything about this one? I have, actually. I, I follow one of the people that directed it. and uh, Or the person that directed it, I believe. He did, or he did the special effects. He, uh, it looked really good. I thought, I thought it was... I was like, Spider-Man's coming out already? But when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's the anime. And the animation looks crazy. Almost pixar if you will. Kind of, yes. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Me personally, I'm not big on animation though. Was it Bob Perchetti that you were talking about? I thought I thought it was Peter or Ramsey. Peter Ramsey. Peter Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, they're both directing it, I guess. So, but yeah, this one's going to tell the tale of Miles Morales, and I think it's well past time for that to happen. So I'm excited. I, I watched the preview. It looks really cool. It looks really good, dude. And it is going to be in theaters, correct? I'm kind of hoping it's going to be in theaters. I will watch it in theaters. If it is, yeah, I'll watch if it's it VOD, I'll watch it regardless. Yeah, I can't wait. I look, re- I really look forward to this. I was always looking forward to seeing if they get Donald Glover to play Miles Morales, but I don't think that's going to happen now with Homecoming because he's playing a different character. I think he's actually playing Miles' uncle, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's interesting. So, so maybe yeah, there we'll is going to be a goes. Miles, though. There, I believe there's going to be a Miles for sure, but it's just not going to be gonna Donald be Glover. Cool. We will see. Dope. How about that kid that plays Alex on Runaways? He'd be good, dude. Not bad, right? Yeah, he would be. That's actually a really good pull. That would Thank be you. really that's good. That's my submission. That's my that's my submission for the week. And he's in a Take Marvel show. Pass it Ooh, along. Let's start the movement. He's in a Marvel show. That's okay. Um What's wrong with that? They weren't both by Marvel, but you know, we had Chris Evans who was in Fantastic Four as Human Torch. True, but it's two different uh platforms. Yeah, it's just two different platforms, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Unless they're different universes, unless it's different Marvel universes. Yeah, there you go. And I just, I think the age is appropriate. Yes. But I think Runaways is in that Marvel universe, though, with Spider-Man. I think he's in the same universe. I think Spider-Man exists in the Runaways universe. I think money talks, Steve, and we'll see what happens. I feel you, man. I'll make a few calls. I want to see this kid be Miles Morales, man. That's what I want. All right. More than anything in the world. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I <can't really> <laughs> okay, that's a bit much, I know. Yes. Uh, lastly, lastly, just a little bit of good news, I guess, if you're into this kind of thing. Steve, I know this is not your band, but I'm kind of proud of these guys. I've always been rooting for them, and they've had a hell of a time just trying to get their career going. Uh, continuing, I should say. And I'm talking about the Stone Temple Pilots. The Stone Temple Pilots, who lost their singer Scott Weiland back in December of 2015 to a heroin overdose have been struggling to keep this band going forever um scott wyland was a great singer a very great singer he's one of my favorite singers actually but he was just a huge pain in the ass to deal with drugs alcohol just ruined this man and just just ruined him just wrecked him 
to the core. He became a skeleton and now he's gone, you know. And um, so I thought that they were just going to give up, but they actually took on, <laughs> oddly, they took on Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park, who decided to take himself out of everything too recently. So they've just always had this struggle of trying to, like Metallica had the bass player drama. They have the lead singer drama. They have announced that their new singer, Jeff Gutt, will be replacing them. And I was watching a little bit of his, uh, they actually did a gig. I forgot where they did that, but they they just did a gig recently and they, you know, showcased a new song and they he was playing the old stuff. And true, like the band Journey, this guy, he he's more of a, I, he sounds like Scott Weiland. So I've yet to hear anything that's really new from him and whether or not he has the chops to continue on with this. But I'm very interested in doing so. In fact, in Sacramento, they're going to be playing at uh, the Ace of Spades sometime in March. And I think that's a really good time for uh, Mike. If you're listening, buy tickets, bro. We're going to come up and we'll see this show. I think it's a good time to come visit. We'll rock out at the old uh, Ace of Spades and we'll have some drinks and burgers and all that good stuff. It'll be a great time like we did last time. So I'm looking forward to that more so, I think, just so I can go hang out with my buddy, Mike. But I am very interested to see what the Stone Temple Pilots sound like now. So I thought I would just pass that on for anyone that was interested. Dope, man. I, I thought the news was fantastic today. Oh, well, thanks, brother. Thank you very much. That was, I mean, I thought that it was going to be, that's a surprise because I was like, oh, this is Slow News Week. No, we make Slow News Week sound dope because that's what we do. We get over that whole quantity thing and we just hit you with a bunch of quality. That's how we do it over here at the Heroes of Noise. Okay. When I first met Dan, the one thing that everyone told me, because I heard about it before I met him and they said, you know, this Dan guy is smart. And everyone kept saying that. You're so full of shit. Go on, though. <laughs> well, I was like, wait, what? He's like, have you met that smart guy in uh, down the, the way in the hospital? I'm like, smart guy? Yeah, Dan. I'm like, oh, I, I haven't met him yet. Let's not forget handsome, Steve. Let's yeah, not forget handsome. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm sitting there walking down the be like, hey, um, the smart guy in the hospital needs to talk to you. And I'm like, who's this smart guy? So today... We're going to test this smart, ladies and gentlemen, in this thing we call Dan's the Man. And Dan's the Man, we challenge you to be Dan the Man. We're going to have two separate subjects right now for this one game. So I'm going to challenge you to see how smart you are, Dan, and if you're smarter than our audience. Are you ready? I don't think I have a choice, man, but let's do this. You don't. Let's do this. All right. Here is your first topic that you can change. Come you can on, choose. man. Here's Come a different topic. You on. can choose theme one, a maiden voyage. And these are the Iron Maiden test questions, ladies and gentlemen. Number two, Basil Danglia. And these are logic questions. Hmm, I'm intrigued by both, actually. Theme three, Dangitude and Longitude. These are geographical questions, all of which are going to have to be answered in 10 seconds or less. What do you want to I do? do not... I do not really plan on failing too bad today, even if I fail. So we're going to immediately take out Dangitude and Longitude because <laughs> I suck at geography. Bad. Well, I'm going to say that. If you bring that up every week, I'm just going to keep pushing it off until you give me like three you're choices You're going to use it one day. One day you're going to use that, that theme because it's just sitting there waiting for you. Well, uh, let's see. I'm going to take a shot with Maiden Voyage. Ladies and gentlemen, you choose me in this voice. What we're going to do is we're going to ask a few questions about Iron Maiden, his favorite, favorite, favorite group. And we're going to see one that of them. one of his favorite groups. We're going to see if he can answer them in the time allotted. Are you ready, Dan? I'm not sure, but let's go for it. Audience, are you ready? All right. They say they are, Steve. All right, here we go. Question number one. What is the name of Iron Maiden's mascot? 
Are you fucking kidding me? It's Eddie. an easy one. All right. That's an easy one. I you, you did that easy. on purpose. Though. I, of you course, did it on I purpose. did. Of course, it's the All first right. one. Okay. All right. Number two. On what holiday was Iron Maiden formed? That's a good one. That's some deep trivia right there. Oh, it's timer. Timer's going. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm just taking a crack and saying Halloween. Christmas Day. Good try. I was gonna. I was gonna say Christmas. That's no, why I, I asked you around this time. But anyway. Nah, nah. That's a good one though. Okay. All right. You got me. What is the name of Iron Maiden's sixth album? Ooh, I have to count. Hold yes. on. Yes. I'm gonna give you twenty for this one. Are you including a live album? Is it a live album? All out. It just says six album. Okay. Well, it's either going to be Live After Death or... I think I'm missing one, but I'm going to go for it anyway. It's either Live After Death or Somewhere in Time. Bingo. Somewhere in Time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, boy. Come on now. Number four. To what Iron Maiden song do these lyrics belong? And I'm going to give you 15 seconds for this one. We fought him hard. We fought him well. Out on the plains, we gave Run to the hills. Woo-hoo! Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you got to come correct, brother. That's what I'm talking I like about. That. Hey, I like that Christmas question, though. You got me on that one. Hey, I'm trying. And this is the hard What one. else? This is the hard All right. In what year was Power Slave released? 20 seconds. 19. It's either 84 or 85. Uh, I'm going to go 84. You got it right, ladies and gentlemen. He gets it right, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. That's good. Four out of five for your favorite group. That's not bad at all. That is not bad well, at and all. It, and honestly, that one was, as you put it, very in the weeds. That's the whole, in the, and, oh, and it gets worse in there. And it's fun. Oh, there's a lot of fun I imagine ones. so. Yeah, there's a lot of fun ones. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, what is your next? You're only going to get two out of three this time before we move on to the next one. What is going to be your next subject you want to co- concentrate on? Uh, Dangitude and Longitude or Basil Danglia? It's going to have to be Basil Danglia because I'm right. telling you I'm going to fail miserably with Dangitude and Longitude. Maybe not, though. The questions you're asking me, I'm getting pretty well. So let's see. These are simply logic questions, and you will have okay. 10 seconds. Oh, logic? I'm done. No, I'm you're screwed. good. No, no, go no. You're gonna, these are easy logic questions. I promise you. Go ahead. 10 seconds. Here we go. When I was four years old, my brother was half my age. Now I'm 18. How old is my brother? 14. Wrong. He's 16. Wait. When he was four... Oh, shit. I just answered too quickly. (laughs) You know what? I answered too quickly. And you know what? There was just a video I saw. Someone was doing that question to somebody. And he was, like, adding... He was doubling the age all the time. Yep. Good good Now it's just bad math. Good job. Good, You're good. See, good logic. Shitty math, though. I'm terrible at math. Here we go. Even in addition. All right, go Are for it. Are you ready for the second one? Yes, sir. Here we go. Anna's mother has three kids, two of whom are named Faith and Natasha. What's the name of her third child? Anna. Here we go. Got one. <laughs> nice. I know why it took that long to think about that. Here we go. Number three. How much dirt is there in a hole that is measured two feet by three feet by four feet? How much dirt? One more time. How much dirt is there in a hole that is measured two feet by three feet by four feet? And you're giving me 10 seconds on these, huh? That's why I'm like trying to like... I'm going to give you 15 on this one. How much dirt is there in a hole 
that is, that is measured two feet by three feet by four feet. Time's Enough up. dirt. What's your answer? <laughs> Give Enough up. dirt. <laughs> yeah, I do. There is no dirt in a hole. In a hole! <laughs> so. That was. Oh my <laughs> so, it's cool, dude. It's, we're good. All right. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, Dan. Shame on me for falling for that shit. It's the time pressure. I know. And numbers that I know. Me. That's what I'm getting you, man. <laughs> I guess that's what it's about, though, right? Yes. It's all right. Let's talk rock and roll. I can do that really well. All, all right, right. What's next? Dan, some months have 30 days. Some have 31. Which one has 28 days? February. No, all of them. All of them have 28. Oh, you son of a bee. You're a son of a bee, my friend. All right. It's, it's the time. See? Okay, this is good, Steve. This is good. All right, all right, all right, all right. At least all right. You're going too quick. You're going to get now. one let's, more. Let's, okay. no, yeah, soak it in. Chill out. I'm going to give you 20 seconds for this one. All right, all right. Come on. Is it legal for a man to marry his widow's sister? Why is this like just looking me right in the face? Going, come on, stupid. Is it legal for a man to marry his widow's sister? Time's up. Oh, shit. I'm over here talking it out. But then I guess I don't know because I just talked it out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a 50-50 shot of yes. No, he's dead. <laughs> that would mean he's dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a fucking dummy I am. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. The ones that I've missed so far... How much dirt is in a hole? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's okay. Mr. Logic. Ladies and gentlemen, he did a great job, but this is going to be the fun part. Because I invented a, I invented a game just for you. Man, you're the game master. All right. This game is a game that I call Before and After, where I'm going to give you two different things. You're going to tell me which came first and which came after. You have about three different themes. One is movies, music, and people. Which one would you like to do first? Wow. I'm pretty much good with any of those. Let's go. Let's go movies. All right. You're going to get 10 seconds per. Two seconds? 10. Oh, okay. Dan, which came first? The Goonies or Aliens? The Goonies. Number one out the gate. Ladies and gentlemen, he's trying to kill right now. He's trying to make up for his lost time. You want to know why I know that one? Why is that? I think I talked about this before, too, because The Goonies was my first movie that I ever kissed a girl. Oh, and that, that movie, that movie, excuse me, that, yeah, it came out when I was in the seventh grade. Yeah, I was kissing girls in the seventh grade. Guys. Killing Damn, it. Was a Killing young stud. Killing Young stud. Yeah, so that one's always going to stick out in my head. And then I remember going with some people in, in uh, I think it was high school to see Ava. So that's why I remember that. That, was a, that was a good Nice point. question. All right. Dan, what came first? Clerks or True Romance? I think it was True Romance, too. I think it was True Two out of two. No. Two out okay. of two. Yeah. You know, okay, so this one, why, is because I remember seeing True Romance at the drive-thru. Excuse me, the drive-in. And, uh... There was no drive. I remember that. I re Never mind. Good it's a really job, boring story. Oh, I was just placing good. my. I was. I was mapping the. Uh, you know the timeline in my brain is also. It's. It's not. It's. You don't need to hear this shit, people. Let's move on. <laughs> the next ones are going to be twenty seconds each. 
Okay. Dan, what came first? The Sandlot or Home Alone? Home Alone. Nailed it, brother. Three out of three. Here we go. Dan, it's your last one for movies. What came first? Nightmare on Elm Street or an American Werewolf in London? American Werewolf in London. Four out of four, ladies and gentlemen. Give this man an applause. That movie scared the hell out of me as a little kid. That's why I remember that. Okay. The whole transformation scene yes, that scared was me. Crazy. Um, yeah. So we're going to round it out. Which one do you want to do second to last, people or music? Uh, let's, let's make it interesting. Let's go people. Dan, who came first? Ryan Gosling or Ryan Reynolds? So who's you mean a, like born? So who's older? Yes. That's a good question. I would dare to say that it would be Ryan Gosling that's older. Wrong. Ryan Reynolds uh. is 41. Ryan Gosling is 37. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, they're both they're both good looking cats that look young. Totally. So you know. Totally. I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that loss. Now see this one. Now all of these are gonna be 15 seconds. This one's gonna be a little all bit right. more difficult. Who is older? Snoop. Or Dave Grohl? Wow, I'm gonna go with uh, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl by two years. Got one yeah, out he's of 40, two. I believe, I believe he's 48 years old, right? And Snoop is 46, yep. There we go. Right. Dan, who's older? Liam Neeson or Kurt Russell? Hmm. See, I'm, going, I'm basing this on acting. So I'm going to take a chance and say Kurt Russell. Got it. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, this is going to be the interesting one. How old is Kurt Russell? Kurt yeah, Russell I'd like to is hear 66. The ages. 66. And Liam okay, Neeson is 65. 68. Okay. All right. Oh, that was close, though. You were, were very yeah, close. Very close. Now, All right. Dan, who's older for your last question? John Bon Jovi or James Hetfield? That's only by a couple of years, I think. I would guess John Bon Jovi. By one year. You got yeah, I would have to... all except one, G. I tried, man. I tried. Either either that. I can't be this smart, Steve. So I'm thinking that no, you just got your... Uh, no, 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 you're, no, no. You're establishing my level of knowledge like when it comes to entertainment and things like that. I am. So, you, these, are, these, are, these are not bad questions at all. But you're killing sense. it. But I'm... I'm surprised I'm getting these, actually. Now, this is the last one. See, if everybody doesn't know, he's a music connoisseur. So this one, he should get five out of five. Uh-oh. You start hitting me with shit like Pony, though, and it's all Not over. even close. We're going to do easy ones. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Dan, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. What came first, Dan? Motown or Motown Philly or Belle Biv DeVos Poison? Poison. Two, one out of one, killing it. You know why? One you know why? Because they they because they say voice to man, ABC, DVD. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't have known that. Okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Dan. I had to think. I had to think it out for a second. Go ahead. What came first? Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby or Metallica's Inner Sandman? Ice Ice Baby. Dude, come on. Two out of two. What are we talking about right now? That was easy. That was an easy one. Was it? Yeah, because uh, somehow they were putting that shit on Yo MTV Raps back in the day. They were. And I remember being out of that phase and driving to oh, Tijuana. Oh, 
and <laughs> I was driving Tijuana and KROQ played that album in its entirety. So I would have been too young to go to TJ at that time, if that makes any sense. I was older. It just makes sense to me. So it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to you people. It's me we're talking about right now. Gee, that's two out of two. Thank you. So tell me this then, Dan. What came first? Alanis Morissette's Ironic or Foo Fighters' Monkey Ranch? That would be ironic because... Am I right? Yes, you are right. Yeah, because... Monkey Wrench was the, came off the second album of the Foo Fighters, The Color and the Shape, which eventually, which you're going to find out why if you watch the movie like you said you're going to, Taylor Hawkins played, he toured with that album. He didn't play on it, but that's like where he kind of came up and like, hey, I'm Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters. He was originally the drummer for Alanis Morissette. Dude, you know how, you know how many different things your brain has to process in those seconds? That's incredible. <laughs> I don't even know what I got these headphones on. I can't even hear if I'm making like if it if I'm talking too That's fast crazy. or whatever. But yeah, I had to I had to run that whole timeline in my head. That is but crazy. Yeah, Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Dan, for our last question. What came first? Nirvana smells like teen spirit. Or Dre and Snoop's nothing but a G thing. That would be smells like teen spirit. 1990. One. No, well, is it one? Nineteen ninety one? Yes. I seem to re okay, I must be off a year, but I saw that tour. But you still won. You got oh, four out of four, dude. It's oh, I'm the shit. I'm not I'm not arguing you with you. Are I'm, just, not, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I'm joking. You are killing the thing is, those are hard questions and you still got them. Those aren't even things that I would re mess around with. I think you might have beat some of our listeners. Listeners, if he beats you, please let us know. But if you beat him, also, let us know, because I think you guys might have gotten a head up on the logic section. So make sure you let us know how well you did. Can you beat Dan? Clearly, I'm not a logical person. You totally that's the are. part I really screwed you up. You totally in. are, dude. But yeah, okay. See, doing the whole timeline thing again, I was off. I was off by one year. But I remember I went to see my lady, who I'm married to, the day I was leaving to go see Nirvana. But we got together in 90, which means, yes, 91 would make it the right year. So we're good. We're good. All right. So we had to work it out. Did you have to think about it, or did you know nothing but a G thing? That was later. Oh, it just, I just knew. Dude, that's crazy. You are really, I, I really am excited for how smart you are. I'm telling you, everybody, watch out, because this dude is a monster on these quizzes. And I When don't, did nothing but a G thing come out? Was it 92? 92. 92, yeah. Okay. All right. Dude, you killed it. That's it. You killed it. Man. That's it. But what? Okay, so we do the dan, uh, dangitude and longitude just for the hell of it. I can save it for another because one day you're gonna have to pick that as one because I'll just <laughs> make harder themes so that you're like, dang, I guess I because I'm always gonna do music. Iron Maiden's coming back and it's coming back with a vengeance. Iron Bring Maiden's coming back with a. I can't. That was really good that you were able to pull quote that because even people that like them they'll get that wrong because they just thought it was a different song. I don't know if you heard me, but I was like singing the lyrics. I had to like place it in my head, even though it's a very, so you it's like that. one of their most famous. Yeah. yeah Run that. to the Hills is one of their most famous songs. So it's, they still play it today. You, I mean, you literally just rattled it off. Run to the Hills. Run to the Hills. What was the, so the hardest section for you was what? Logic? Hmm. Probably the logic one. But I think that I was just trying to go too fast. I'm not like saying, oh, I would have gotten it. But because you totally jacked me on that stupid whole question. <laughs> 
but, <laughs> but uh, no, man, I think it was the, I start panicking when there's like a time limit. I do. I, I, I have this yes. internal panic that kicks in. What, I would be really shitty on a game show. Which is weird because what you do for a living is timing. You're timing. You're timed out. Your time and the time runs out, right? Uh, Kind of, but it's not answering questions. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be. It's not going to be like a eh, if I if I go a little bit longer. Whereas you lose if you go too long on this one. Dude, you did such a good good. Give this man a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. I, dude, you did a really good job. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our wonderful show. And we're gonna hit you already? with already. It already, man. It, wow, actually, it's really good timing because it's almost time for me to go to work. But this one did not. This one seemed to fly by. It was fun, dude. And I had a good time. Now, mind you, I'm a very big game person. So you just made my day doing the games like I am going to be thinking about this all day because I just and mind you, ladies and gentlemen, I kind of have to twist Dan's arm to do the games because I know he doesn't. He's more of a person that likes to do other things like um uh, stick up for Johnny Depp, um, <laughs> stuff around that thing. Wow. So, I <laughs> wow. You just raised me up and then you fucking shot me down, man. No, I had Let's a great time, uh, man. The guy loves domestic abuse. <laughs> uh, you know, he's partial to kidnapping children. You know, he's fucking, <laughs> he just scarred so me funny. right there. You didn't even let me enjoy my little victory lap right there. You tripped me on my victory lap. And out of, out of curiosity, Dan, what themes would you like me to challenge you on ne- next time? Is there anything I don't want to know? You don't even want to know. I don't huh? want to know. No, no, please. It's it's more fun that way. I can't believe you got you. I think that you monster, should challenge dude. me some more with. Uh, let's see. Okay, I got one. Go. Eighties movie trivia. Oh, you don't want that. I do want that. Wait, wh- very much so. And the thing is, if I- I'm asked, if you're if you're pressing me for you know information like that, I would definitely say eighties movie trivia. Music's always going to be good. Is Metallica your favorite and, group of all time or is Foo Fighters? Um, if I had to pick one, who would be my favorite group of all time? Metallica is not it, no. Oh, wow. Foo Fi- I'm still on a two-week high from the Foo Fighters. but that And I, you know what? I'm going to take that back. They are becoming one of my favorite. They, they have been. They have been one of my favorite groups. I was like, eh, you know, they're not my favorite. But fuck, they're so good. They really are. I don't like all of their songs, but they're just great. Um, hmm. Going to have to go with... Right now, I'm gonna have to go. Oh man, dude, I can't answer that question. See, that's a quiz. That's a good. That's a good quiz question right there. Because I don't know. Uh, I would have to put it up there with. Let's see. Probably the Foo Fighters right now. Even though I'm on a high. Uh, Coheed and Cambria, of course, Iron Maiden, and. But see, but then I go into like Tribe Called Quest. Well, the thing is, I was thinking rock because I might go ahead and do oh, a Coheed and Cambria uh, quiz for you next time. Let's do that. Done You'll probably deal. get me. I don't, th- I don't think that I know as much as I think I do about them, but you might get me on there depending on how deep you dig. What did you say the mascot's name for Iron Maiden was? Eddie. Did you know the technical name for him? His last name too, you mean? No, like the full actual name of him. No, this is C. I would have gotten this one wrong. No. Maybe I do, but I just, I'm not thinking of it. It's Eddie the Head. Eddie the Head. I wonder if that's how it started... And then it just became Eddie. And the funny thing is, I've seen him before. And I was like, I don't even like Iron Maiden. How do I know that guy? I have seen him. 
or because it. he's iconic. I mean, you went into you went into record stores back in the day. They when they had vinyl, they came correct with their vinyl with their album covers. Well, they have always had. Well, people that didn't even listen Derek to their Riggs. albums at my school had her, their shirt, and I yeah. know they didn't listen to the albums. No, there's a lot of people that wear them to be like you'll see like um, I don't know. I'm throwing someone out like uh, Lindsay Lohan or some shit wearing one. You know what totally. I mean? It's more of like a. It's a, it's kind of like a stylish thing to do as opposed to actually being into the band. Well, see, I think even what's his face had one. Uh, Bieber had an Iron Maiden shirt on. But you know who's a real Iron Maiden fan? Who's that? I give her respect. Lady Gaga. She's like a real deal Iron Maiden. Oh fan. no joke. Yeah, she is. Well, Much see, respect. Here's 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 how old I am. So we gotta get out of here. Here's how old I am. Here's how old I am. I'm old enough to remember when people used to get Iron Maiden shirts and rip off the sleeves. I was one of those dudes. Oh dear lord. I, my parents would get so pissed uh, off at me. Were you? I'd beg them to get me a shirt. It was always Metallica shirts. Yeah, because, you know, growing up when I was growing up and just listening to all that metal, you would look through the magazines. I remember it was, what was it? It was like a Hit Parade and Kerrang! and Revolver. But Revolver was a little bit newer. Anyway, sorry, I digress. The um, That was like the thing, especially James Hetfield. He would always cut the sleeves off of his shirt. I wanted to be fucking James Hetfield in 1987, dude. Like, there was no cooler person on the planet than James Hetfield. Oh, by the way, he's a huge part of this documentary. What's his name? Jason Newstead? He's a massive part of this documentary. Not massive. A big part because he, um, real quick, I know we got to go, but uh, he bonded with um, another guitarist that took over for Randy Rhodes. And he's like, I had to deal with the same thing so I could kind of coach him into, hey, this is what I had to do because I came in right after someone died in Metallica and everyone hated me. So I... uh, Who was that guitar player? Was it Jakey Lee? uh, For for, uh, Metallica? No, for the one that took over for Randy Rhodes. Oh, yeah, I forgot his name. I just remember um, him saying... Brad Gillis? He was like, I was hated because he took over immediately for on Ozzy's tour. Immediately. They showed him? Yes. Was he a white guy? Yes. Yeah, that was Brad Gillis. And he was like, Sorry, people just... would come and fold their arms at concerts and not talk and just like fold their arms, not say anything, held up signs saying, we want Randy. We rest in peace, Randy. And they're like, they hated me. And Newstead was the one that called. It was like, look, dude, uh, dude, apparently Metallica's old. He was like the dude, right? I guess. Cliff Burton. Yeah. I don't he know was who amazing. that was. He was like, he was the man on the base. And I had to go with Metallica everyone hated me everyone hated me and they're like so we were kind of bonded over that situation where they both had to go through the same thing so it was a really fun looking at the they showed a bunch of metallica old pictures i'm like jesus 1984 they were doing this jeez yeah they've been around a long time i did not know that but do you want to give our um contact information before we get up out of here (laughs) yeah but hold on real quick getting back to that documentary who was it that was talking smack on toto uh, one of the uh, newspaper articles, they said Quincy, Quincy Jones. Fuck finally. them, Steve. I know. I know. Because Toto's the shit. And People hate Toto, dude. No, I blessed their reigns down in Africa. Oh, son. All, you, but do you do know that they were the group that proved the sex, session musicians can actually do good music together? Like they're all phenomenal musicians, dude. Phenomenal. And then they put together, in my opinion, one of the best 80 songs ever. In Africa, it's almost perfect. And like, I feel sorry for Super Fandra today because it's all about Toto Pandora, <laughs> dude. But a good shout out to my girl Sandra. What's up? But uh, yeah, it's it's you're gonna love this. Um, you're gonna love it because you're gonna be like, 
Uh, again, Lukather said he heard Beat It. He walked out of the studio and said, that song sucks. It's going to go nowhere. I'm glad I played on it. He said, if I if this is a hit, I will run down the street naked. He said, good thing no one called me on that. Turned out to be the biggest thing in the history. Because <laughs> everyone said, like a bunch of the rockers were like, we were number one in the 80s. He said, of course, the only there's only one album they all mentioned saying, well, we, I mean, second to that one. It's always Thriller. They're like, well, second yeah. to Thriller. Um, we were, we, but they're like Thriller took over the eighties. It was like Thriller a takeover. It was a beast. It was a beast that no one could knock out of number. They're like, well, you know, Thriller was. It took over the eighties pretty much. It was just. It's still. It's still one hundred percent listenable all the way through. Gee, when it starts off with, ish, 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 oh, 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 you're like, oh, it's ready. Right off the jump, it's ready to shake and bake. It's a. It's such a dope. Anyway, I want to ask you a question. Be thriller radio for next weekend. I want to ask you a question for next weekend. Um. And my question's going to, uh, I really want to talk about, oh, it's going to take, I mean, we might have to do a special session because I want to talk about why people hate that Metallica, when Metallica got popular, why the hate came. Because I don't understand how someone could say Inner Sandman's not an amazing song. And my boy at work just is like, I hate the whole album. I'm like, oh, I could definitely give you some insight on so that please, and, at least, and yes. strong opinions. Yes. But you know, Steve, next week is very important to me because that is when The Last Jedi comes out. So I'm hoping that you're going to be watching it, brother. If you're not going to make it, um, I have plan B. Actually, my plan B was incorporated into plan A anyway. I was hoping, guys, that we could have my good buddy Mike on the show. We're going to talk some Star Wars. I would love Steve to be a part of this here, but I know he's got a, a bit of a tight schedule next week. So yes, it's going it to happen. Just be, it might be a... Which is going to be fun. It might be a solo Dan and Mike one-off, and I can't. La- I can't wait to listen. I can. You know what we wait. could do though? What's that? What we could do is I could record that portion and then just tack it into our show that we do. Um, either and then way, we can still do the full hero show. I mean, you know what I mean? For sure, we'll figure it out during the week. I know that you got a. Um, uh, you have a hospital to run, CEO. So uh, you want to give the contact information, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Our listeners, our faithful Heroes of Noise listeners, if you want to reach us, you can reach us by email at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan, at DanQPublic. And of course, as I always say, you can reach my friend Steve Hudson at SE underscore Hudson Music. Hit us up on voicemail, 559-492-9831. You'll be calling Fresno, California, but no one will hold it against you. I promise you that. And other than that, I look forward to seeing you lovely people or hearing you lovely people or talking to you lovely people, whatever the fuck podcasters do. That's what I look forward to doing with you all next week. Steve, take it over. We're going to give our last few words here and we're out for the week, sir. People, enjoy your weekend. Have fun. Have all the fun in the world before Christmas. And until then, I am your host, Steve. My name is Dan Ramirez and together we are the Heroes of Noise. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another show. We'll be back next week. We love you all. Peace.